Phoenix Down Radio is on the air. Welcome, everybody, to Phoenix Down Radio, episode number 148. <laughs> I am your host, Klaus Nightbringer, and we're back after vacation. Woo! Joining me is Talis and Sarah. What is going on, guys? Oh, I needed the time off. It was nice. Uh, it was nice to have yeah. some time off, but I missed oh, you guys. Yeah, I, I, mi- I did miss folks. Definitely. Um, what did you guys do in Hang your... on, something is making noise in my house. One second. And it's not you? <laughs> I know. Uh-oh. The Final Fantasy fourteen prelude in a while. Ah, there he is. All right. Uh, so, uh, what library did you guys... programs? Library programs started happening in person. Oh my god, it's so weird. I look at people and I'm looking just at that person. And I need to look at everyone and, like, talk louder. So, are, in California, are you guys still required to wear masks? So, statewide, it is not required. On the county level, I don't believe it's required either. Um, the city library is still requiring it while you're in there. Like, that's the thing. It's such a patchwork. Mm-hmm. Of For most stuff, it's like strongly recommend or whatever if you are not vaccinated Mm -hmm. uh the culture of the bay area is such that plenty of people who i think are vaccinated are still wearing them uh plus like for instance i had a little bit of a tickle in my throat the last few days so i was wearing a mask for that and if that just catches on as a thing i will be very happy understood and i think it will honestly it's kind of the same thing with with us here for the most okay so let me just talk about my last two weeks or my last month or so so the reason why we didn't have a podcast is this guy went on vacation and I went somewhere way up north and very remote to where I basically did not have any type of cell phone or internet or anything like that for, see, I was there from Friday till Wednesday. So he saw Santa. <laughs> what do you mean? That sounds I am amazing. Santa. I am also, Santa Claus. Also, no digital connection for like four or five days. Holy crap, that sounds great. Yeah, it actually was. Well, we would go into a little little town that was about 15 miles away and we could get signal there. Did they have like an actual internet cafe? No, but the cafe had actual internet. Okay. (laughs) Like there is something about the vibe of old internet cafes that I like. No, the town is like 60 people, okay? And like the town is like oh, a, a, a cafe, a, a, a gas station, and that's basically it. And churches and a bar. Your standard tiny little town. And I mean tiny. Um, Did you do your I want song about how you want something more than can be found in this tiny town? Klaus, you just keep letting me down. You're letting me down. Hey, guys. I have something that I need to read right now. Oh, God. Much and more has happened in Eorzea while you were away. <laughs> I haven't played in so long that I'm now a fucking returner. Well done. Oh, my God. Well, if you take that, if you take the bonus, you get XP when you're in, with mentors from the novice network. I'm a mentor. You'll be rejected. 
you'll be rejecting that hard, I presume. Hey, if it helps him well, level up faster. Anyway, also, I don't think hilarious. I'm a mentor anymore. I'll, you might need to reapply. Yeah, you'll have. Yeah, but. were you a mentor in 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 Shadowbringers? Yes, crafting. Okay. Then you should be able to get that back. I would think. You I just have to. I just have to go to the Smith and redo it, but, or just yeah, turn it on, yeah. maybe. But I I think you have to go to the Smith uh, to like actually reactivate the status. Hmm. Okay, that's what it's the whole pop up just said. But who cares? Anyway, I'll deal with it later. It's a future me problem. So it was nice that I was sitting up there and we were at a lake cabin, which was really nice. And it was probably some of the most relaxed time I've had in a very long time. We went up there, didn't have to wear masks because there's fucking nobody up there. <laughs> nice. I mean, it's, it's legitimately, I think the first time I went out anywhere and didn't wear a mask. It's such a surreal feeling, right? I mean, I had masks with, and I brought masks with, you know, if I needed additional, but no. There's just so few people, and it was people, there was, it was great. I mean, because when we went there last year, everywhere we went, mask up. So, it was kind of nice. Oh, the, we yeah. just got the, uh, the, and then when I got back to work, they had just lifted the requirement for employees to wear masks there. Um, however, we still have to wear masks at the clinic, and I still choose to wear a mask when I leave the office, but uh, that's just me. Yeah. Um, Plus, of course, Delta variant. Who knows what's going to happen with that? I, there's still a lot that we don't know about all of this, so I'm, I'm urging people to be safe, be smart, and yeah, do the right thing. So. Um, the flagpole will be lickable next year. I spent a lot of money year. on my cool anime masks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your cool anime masks, yes. Like, it's almost a fashion thing at this point. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's reminding me a lot of, you know, Southeast Asian culture, how there's a lot of them are still wearing masks, even though SARS was a thing like in the 90s and two, early 2000s and in runs of Talas. <laughs> sometimes you hi everyone. Sometimes you just don't want to have facial expressions at people. That's nice, too. Um, but then I got, like I said, I got back to work and yeah, all that relaxation gone. Yeah. Cause as we were talking about in the, uh, pre-show, there was a stupid Microsoft printer thing that we had to deal with. And guess who got messages as a former ethical hacker hacker. This guy. Ooh. I was like, I haven't touched this shit in a decade. I am worthless. But no, oh my clarification God. question. Does that mean no longer ethical hacker, no longer hacker, or no longer ethical? All of the above. <laughs> anyway, not only was there that Microsoft thing I had to deal with, but the software program that we used for all of our uh, um, computer everything. Antivirus, mm -hmm. anti-malware, patches, um, oh dear. remote connections. That software that we used for that was also hit with malicious, by malicious uh, hackers and shit. So, yeah. Ooh. Do you guys have a Microsoft Business Solutions account? Mm, probably not. Okay, because that got hit too, and so that's screwed up a bunch of CRMs for a bunch of people. It yeah, was no, no, there's a we use a, 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 a different program that uh, a number of the people who have their product on prem 
were hit by this. Fortunately, we oh. got ours turned off. We, we have an on-prem solution for that as well. We turned ours off as soon as we heard about it on Friday before I got back to work. Um, we, we probably the won't be turning it back online until tomorrow sometime. So The library uses some kind of Microsoft business deployment thing, but I haven't heard anything about this, so maybe it's a different thing or it just didn't affect us somehow. Seven deadly streamers. So working... <laughs> oh. You work in public sector. Yeah. That also changes the security protocols that you run. Sorry oh, to yeah, interrupt. Do it. Thank you again for the resub. <laughs> I appreciate we all appreciate that. Um and welcome Ooh. back to the stream. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. I always want to make sure to to, to highlight our, our subscribers because uh, we really appreciate that. Um but yes. <laughs> yeah, you just threw the share out now, but hey, we still appreciate it, so thank you. Um, but yeah, so I've been dealing with those two issues, plus then we had, I don't know why this is that way, but we have a small water heater that was tucked up in the ceiling above one of our switches. Guess what decided uh to start leaking and, and, and throwing water all over the room? I am going to guess a water heater. Ding, 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 ding. Must be psychic. I hate everything. I hate it so much. This is why we can't have nice things. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of reasons we can't have nice things. But no, I, I think Murphy is just absolutely kicking me while I'm, you know, trying to have a, a nice, relaxed, you know, time. And then, I don't know. It's it. it at least I had a great week, but then it had to be, you know, just ruined with a hell week. But on the plus side, I have a new uh, exercise bike. Ooh. So. Is it a Peloton? No, it is not a Peloton, because fuck Peloton. They're too expensive. I would mock you. No, you cheat. Ugh. You cheat. You buy a normal ass bike, and then you pay for the Peloton subscription, and you watch it on your phone. Or you just Ooh. watch something else on your phone while you sit there and, 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 and pedal for like an hour. Yoamushi pedal is pretty fun. <laughs> Saying, what is that? It's a sports anime about bike riding. Of oh, course, it that is. seems deeply appropriate. Of course, it is. It's actually pretty good too. But you yeah. could watch the sports anime about the card game with the poetry. Why is that an anime? I... Shut up with where you're going with that thought process, because that shows <laughs> awesome. I mean, it looks really cool. I mean, it's just like, yeah, yeah. Just but, like, it's such a bizarre thing to make into the concept for an anime. Anyway, the reason Bruh, why... I've been paying attention. <laughs> I'm going to mute both of you it's for a anime. second. We do whatever. <laughs> the reason why I end up having to get a exercise bike... Initially, I was going to just rejoin my gym. I, ha I went to a gym prior to starting the podcast... Um, prior to losing my job, I was going to a gym, help me lose weight, help me get in shape, help, you know, help me with a lot of things. I figured, well, this is a great time to try and redo that. I go to the place where the gym, where, where my gym was, and it wasn't. So, yeah. Pandemic casualty? I, they must have disappeared a while ago, but I just never paid attention because it's like, they're always there, you know? They've been there since Important like 2012. Thing to check. Were they still charging you? No, I had not been. Uh, I hadn't been a member of the gym since uh, 2015. 
That does not stop some gyms. No, they have not been charging. Okay, good. But, Gotta be safe on no, these no, things. No, I, I canceled it the right way, made sure that everything was 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 good. So, um, but so I tried. It was I tried. I liked them because they were a nationwide chain, and if I wanted to go exercise at any of them, I could. Like if I was out and about, and I had done that in the past. If I was out traveling, I could go stop at one of these gyms and 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 do the thing there. But. Uh, yeah, so so they were closed. We had another na- national chain here in town, and they didn't have any information as to what their pricing schedule or anything like that was on their website. Mm. So that's sketchy number one. Right. So then I go to the to the actual location, and I you know they say oh stop in, go, come to the front door, and and you know talk with somebody about you know signing up for a membership. So I do that. The door's locked. Hmm. And it's in the middle of business. There are people going in and out the back door, you know, with their membership cards and all that. But the front door is locked. They say they have office hours right now. Bye. So instead yeah. of spending 50 bucks a month on a gym, I spent uh, about $266 on a bike. So as long as you use it for about five months, you're good. Well, I plan on using it more than that, but the only exactly. thing doing that but pisses, that's like your break even point. Yeah, it just pisses me off because the reason I wanted to go to a gym was the, the to the all around package that they offer. Not just, you know, cardio, but you know, weights and, and, and all that other stuff. Plus the ability that if I wanted to, I could talk to somebody about uh um you know, other courses or, you know, ways to improve core strength or this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. So plus with things reopening, they'd probably let you start licking the seats again. That's a thing, right? Um, no, I don't go to gyms much. If you need, if you want to help Sarah, you can uh, hit us up on PayPal at podcast at Phoenix Stand radio, and we will send Sarah to therapy. <laughs> I need so much of it. But why? Then so we lose much. all of this, uh, th- all this wonderful content. <laughs> anyway, my marketing. trauma is your gain. <laughs> so that's probably the <laughs> so true. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably the most that I've shared in a while. Talents, <laughs> how about you? So good news, everyone. I'm not going to jail. <laughs> Woo! That's not where we're supposed to start with that story. <laughs> yep. uh, you, so Marvelous that's always Motors, something that you uh, want exploded. to confirm at all times. Marvelous Motors got really popular really fast. Unfortunately, that meant that I was churning cars really quickly, which it turns out you're not supposed to do. Uh, I did it right. I still had a business license and I transferred the titles to myself before I resold them. The problem is, is that it didn't look like I was doing that because I was doing it so quickly. Uh, the good news is I have friends at title agencies, so I was able to make it happen. Unfortunately, the Washington State did not like that, so mm-hmm. I had to prove that I was doing my business legally. So now I get to start Marvelous Motors over again with no traction or momentum. So that's a thing I get to do. Uh, other cool thing, I'm looking at starting my master's program probably next month, so that'll be super fun and very, very time-consuming. So if you think you don't see me post on social media now, it's about to get way worse. Um, you have negative postings. I mean, I actually did delete like two TikToks and a bunch of stuff off my Instagram the other day. So, so yes. Okay, so yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, 
but yeah, it's been a very, very busy last couple of weeks with a bunch of applications and emails and letters to places in Prince Edward Island, in Ireland, in Los Angeles, in Texas, in the Bay Area, in Winter Park, Florida. And also, I'm still on fun employment. I don't take being bored well, so I just find stuff to do. And that is what I've been doing for the last two and a half weeks. And that's what happens when you are the most interesting potato on the planet. Even though you're no longer a Lollafell. Just wait till I can travel again. Wait till I can travel again. It's going to get even more crazy. Well, you have to travel. That's pretty to- interesting to be an interesting potato when you're not a potato. I feel like that's self-demonstrating right there. That's very interesting. <laughs> I love that we can still break you. Woo. I, I love it. I have missed you guys so much. Oh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, guys. Not only did we have a lot of stuff go on with us in our lives, but Final Fantasy had a lot of stuff going on with it, too. So let's go into that gaming community news. Starting with some Final Fantasy VII news. So apparently, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake directors say that Intermission will point, it kind of points directly to the sequel. Let me copy-paste this into the chat so you guys can take a look at this as well. So with that, let me open up the link on my page. A lot of what they brought in with the Intermission uh, uh, DLC chapter is going to be brought into Game 2 of the uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, series. Things like the uh, those... Um, att- um, what do they call those attacks? Um, where you were, where Yuffie like and Sona, kind of yeah, the team attacks. Breaks. Thank you. Yes, all the, the the team attacks. It was a great addition to to intermission. Um, it's not like they want to bring stuff like that into uh, the the main series. Yeah, um, like any game that's had some kind of combo attack thing, Chrono Trigger, uh, Suikoden, stuff like that, like. Even if you're just controlling one of the characters, it has that feeling of teamwork. There's all sorts of opportunities to express little things based on how they work together. Like, that was actually one of the things about Chrono Cross that ticked me off so much, was that there were so few double and triple texts. It was just like, it felt like there was so much opportunity, and like, it was a game. Why didn't they have more? And, you know, realistically, you know, it's something that worked well in Final Fantasy XV as well. Yeah. You know, because when you when that game first started, you only played as Noctis, and then you yeah, you were I, controlling everybody else with through AI, and you could set up these uh, team attacks with each of the different uh, companions you had. So, it, I guess it makes perfect sense the, to have it in the, the remake. Yeah, seeing them set you up and then punching that home always feels so good. And the gameplay, um, like I said, fifteen was just kind of the start of it, but. They really made it a lot cleaner in intermission. It is so much nicer. The only thing that that kind of drove me nuts was the fact that uh, Sonon always gained ATB gauge a lot slower than Yuffie did. So it was a lot more difficult to get those combo attacks off. Yeah, so I guess it'd be more of a, okay, Yuffie's supposed to be hopping around doing her thing, and then when Sonon's ready, it's time for the big yep. finisher. Yep, but I'm interested to see how it's going to work, say, with uh, uh, Tifa and Cloud, or, you know, Barrett and Red, 
and you know and what types of combinations that they give us in part two that's going to be where i'm really interested assuming that the timeline is diverging as much as it seems like it might be i'm excited to see what they're going to have for Aerith as well and she may be sticking around a bit longer yeah she i mean because she was what in the original she died at the end of disc one i believe so yeah so yeah i mean theoretically you know if, if we've only covered half of disc one right now i mean they may also just be doing stuff up in a like based on how much stuff is changing like a lot of it was just like okay we're chasing that in the original we're chasing after Sephiroth we're going to these places getting introductions to all these things kind of getting the world laid out so that we could then have a whole bunch of events happening in them later on and some of that might yeah I was like for $49.99 you can get the Eris Doesn't Die DLC (laughs) oh my God, do you know how many people would probably do that? Look at the insane shit people did Have to get her back. Have you not seen the meme? I've seen the <laughs> meme. I'm just thinking about it as a genuine possibility. And that's why <laughs> I laugh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah it'll it's, happen. Cry. Some nerd's gonna do it. It's... But no, it's it's great. I like I said, I still need to finish uh, the, the second chapter of of intermission. But uh, no, it's. I'm I'm really looking forward to what the, how this gameplay will add to the the sequel. All right, and then they had I found an article that talks about why Yuffie was chosen for uh, intermission and not Vincent. Let me pop that into the chat here. Felt like Vincent just fall, just falls into the game so much later that putting him in now just doesn't fit. Yeah, Since we're and getting the, I believe, clock. the seven remake is supposed to be a three-parter. Mm-hmm. Putting him in after the second part, maybe, or something similar, but for now, no, Yuffie's the choice. Yeah. yeah, the article gets into that, like, especially, he's, even though they're playing around a bit with uh, the canon, with the timeline, with the sequence of events, like, Vincent's asleep underneath the Shinra matter. Changing that, like... The amount of stuff you'd have to do to get that to change, as opposed to Yuffie, where it's just, it's not really clear what she was doing during this time. So, a slight little tweak to send her over into the city on some other mission that they didn't know about? Easy peasy. You're just filling in some blank pages. Yep. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense, but it still would have been interesting to see... Um what they're going to do with Vincent. Plus, it, it gives them more time to maybe flesh him out. Yeah. I, but it's it's just kind of interesting that this was brought up and and that they came out and answered the question, you know. Yeah, like previously, there's been a lot of kind of like, okay, all this design stuff is just a bit of a black box. They're going to do things and they're going to be mysterious. So having them engage to talk about, hey, these are some of the decisions we made. Here's what we were thinking. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and credit Yoshi P for just this kind of general open attitude. I feel like he's one of the pioneering folks for in Square Enix. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. He's definitely opened up communication. I mean, prior to this, um, we never got this kind of information, especially uh, when it came to eleven. At least not until they started doing it in fourteen. Yeah, and uh, when he was able to show that yes, the players have an appetite for this. You can meet that and still be doing all this other stuff, and it really just improves the engagement. Yep. Plus, it 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 gets your it gets you know people recognize then who it actually is making the game 
it's not just a bunch of random people behind computer screens. It really personifies the uh, the the entire staff because the the, the FF14 dev team has fans. Like I have people gush about Foxclaw. Mm-hmm. Like they become like little celebrities in their own right, and it's kind of fun to stand or, or Oda or you know Koji or or or, or Mr. Atma. <laughs> Oh. Mr. Ozma, as they're you know known by Stan uh, Yoko Taro. <laughs> what? <sighs> he is fucking with all of us, and it's glorious. And we'll get into some uh, some uh, some more of his fuckery later on in the in the episode. Woo! But yeah, Anyways, I mean, it's, it's we're it's back been, with a fun episode, y'all. It's 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 action packed. It's huge. So yeah, we have a lot. All right, and then to continue on with the Final Fantasy VII theme. Uh, they're talking about adding in open world elements to to this part two of uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Which I mean, I have no ma- idea how to feel about that. It makes complete sense. I mean, if you think about it, the original game has a lot of open world or overworld. Once you get out of Midgar, mm-hmm. basically you're just running around, and you've got then random encounters. Nowadays, for a lot of these uh, action RPGs, random encounters doesn't really work. So, I mean, random encounters was always a way to simulate this type of thing and make it so you're so it was always a band aid for what for more other stuff that the technology just couldn't do. Again, you know, Final Fantasy 15, you know, took on a lot of this. Uh, that world was pretty vast i mean you had to drive around in a car in order to to get access to it you know with any type of speed um fast travel was a thing but how cool was it to drive around in in the regalia or push it (laughs) that's only at the beginning (laughs) but Uh, you know we i think there were still a couple of vehicles within final fantasy 7 that we got to drive around so maybe that's going to be a mechanic that we're going to get Dude, if I can ride a motorcycle in open world FF7, now we're talking. Yeah. Maybe maybe the tiny Bronco won't get shot down this time. Yeah, keep dreaming. What? Hope. But a recent interview has all but confirmed that Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two will feature an open world and have gameplay that leverages the vastness of the world. Um, We've gotten to a point with technology where our consoles are powerful enough to be able to handle this type of information now. I saw a thing claiming, though I wasn't able to fully verify it, that there are fewer polygons in the entirety of the original Resident Evil than there are in Lady Dimitrescu's butt. Yet there are still more polygons. There are still more polygons in one um, pot in fi- original Final Fantasy X than there are in the entirety of uh, Resident Evil 8. Just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but only by a little bit. What was it? 10,000? 10,000 10, polygons in that one pot? Wait, are you talking about 10 or are you talking about... I'm talking about for- original 14. Oh, sorry. 1.0 then. 1.0, yes. I'm sorry if I, yeah. if I said it wrong, but... Yeah, no worries, I misunderstood or so. Uh, but yeah, no, like, it was gorgeous, but oh my god, was it sandblasting a soup cracker. I mean, we could probably get away with it now, with how powerful a lot of machines are. You know, PlayStation 4, 
um, PC. Those are all way more powerful than you know the, what we had back in in 2010. Depends on if they ever fix that GTX shortage. It's, it's coming, but maybe. Um, <laughs> anyway, supply lines are complicated. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool to, to see that they're, you know, going to go that route. So we're going to be able to, you know, leverage the hardware to have the open world experience that we've always wanted with these types of games. <laughs> and Sarah wants to ride his chocobo all day. Hey, I, I, I'm just chatting with seven deadly streamers. It's great. <sighs> we could read the next article. Why Sephiroth would be a better <laughs> husband than Cloud. Just kidding. <laughs> Okay, I jumped back to the notes to make sure I hadn't missed anything when you said that. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the article. <laughs> That's one thing. The gamer has a lot of different articles that, that kind of get into a little bit more of the uh, the edge, the fringe territory. So, kind of like Kotaku. And um, the last one we have for Final Fantasy VII is uh, Final Fantasy VII, uh, the first soldier beta uh, test um, survey results. Now, you guys remember I did test the, the beta out, and I did not. I remember that. Give it. Yeah, you were not impressed. I, I did think. not give it glowing marks. Obvious. Apparently, people who played this liked it a lot better than I did. But the, one of the biggest complaints was the control scheme. So, at least I'm not alone there. I linked uh, the results in the chat there, and uh, they talk about a lot of people were, were satisfied by the game. Um, well, what is it? Uh, 61% were very satisfied, 32% were satisfied, only 7% yeah. were not. And, like uh, 90% were at least satisfied. And uh, also, again, about 90% said they enjoyed it as much or more than they expected they would. So those are pretty good numbers. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the, uh, the, the bottom tier on those. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was interesting looking at the feedback comments. People mentioned that they're not good at battle royales, but they still had fun with it. Uh, that's always been one of the things. Like, unless you want it to be a very niche thing, you have to like grow the pie, yep. and that means appealing to people yeah. who wouldn't normally see themselves as playing it. Which means, I mean, overall, it it's good for the for for Final Fantasy that people did enjoy their experience. That the limited experience that they had with this game, um, like I yeah. said, it looked great. It was very pretty. It's just tiny little screen, you know, and all your controls are in that screen, and your fingers are covering up half of that screen. It's it's tough. So, one thing that's interesting because they again, uh, as you said, they broke down some stuff about the character controls and whether about the different styles of character available, and. About 20% each said that the controls were difficult and or extremely difficult and made it hard or impossible to play the game. Mm -hmm. And 20% said that the styles all played fairly similarly or that there was no meaningful difference. So, like, that suggests that assuming that those were all people who were a bit lower down, like, 10% of them were still okay with stuff or said it met their expectations. So, like, these are people who are saying, there's some big problems here, but I still liked it. That's interesting. One of the biggest takeaways I got from this was the fact that they're going to be adding controller support. That's going to be huge. Yeah, exactly. Bluetooth controller support. I've been playing. I've been playing most of my phone games with a controller at this point, just because it's <laughs> so much easier 
when you're not block again blocking half the screen with your thumb. So I yeah. can see that helping a lot. That will I make play it Genshin huge. Impact on PC, and I cannot imagine trying to play it on a phone screen with touch controls. Ugh. Well, Talos can't imagine playing it on on any screen. We tried. True. <laughs> yeah, I I still have it installed. I did try for five minutes. I I tried, man. He tried for longer than that. I know. He I'm and Spender and I talked about it. Like we actually went over stuff and determined that just this is Six not a hours. style that works. Six hours. I didn't play that long. Yeah. I made it to the town. Long time. That's a, three that's and a half of which I was trapped in my house by police. Well, dang, well maybe that's part of Bye. your reason. <laughs> Yeah, it also looks like of those four styles, people were reasonably divided between, though it did skew a little bit towards Warrior, and I saw in some of the feedback comments that pe a lot of people really liked uh, the style of Warrior and felt like it was a really satisfying one to play. And it was also the default style that you started with, so. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, but it's, it's saying the stats come from number of times each style was chosen divided by the... T so I don't think that includes the initial thing. It's like, it's just counting... How many times did people change choices and what did they change to? Okay. So I think that given the, what they describe as their methodology, I think it strips out that default. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I played it for a couple hours and it's like, oh, this is tough. But yeah. Well, I mean, if, if they take the feedback seriously and they make some of these changes and they allow for, you know, c the controller support and, uh, you know, maybe ways to tweak um, camera movement. That would be huge in uh, improving my personal uh, uh, thoughts of how the game would play. So, and I would definitely give and, it a try again. And uh, tying in with some of the stuff we were mentioning earlier about being more open, the fact that they posted the feedback results and talked yeah. about, hey, there's this percentage of people who don't like it. Here are some of the issues they cited. Yeah. Like they outright said, some people didn't like it. And these were the problems that they found. Like, that's the type of thing that makes me think they are taking it seriously and that, it, like, okay, they will attempt to address those issues. Yep. And that, that's it's a whole different uh, uh, Square Enix at this point, you know, that they're actually uh, open with all of this information. This is not the type of thing you usually talk about. I appreciate the change. It's just weird. Yep. All right. Different. It's not what we're used to seeing. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> To some Final Fantasy IX news. You didn't see that one coming, unexpected. did you? So, Very unexpected. Meet the team working on a Final Fantasy IX remake you'll never get to play. <laughs> now, if that True. doesn't just uh, rustle your jimmies, I don't know what will. But uh, um, again, it is totally being provocative on purpose. Another uh, thegamer.com uh, article uh, talking about Final Fantasy IX Memoria Project. Um, and they introduce us to some of the people who are working on this. Uh, the, um, one of the leads named Dan Eater, uh, it says it's no secret that, that fan projects get shut down all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah. basically what they're doing is if you look at some of the assets in the article, they look absolutely amazing. I mean, it looks like sculptures. I so, I mean, the big thing about this is uh, it's not actually a playable game. It is kind of a remake, but in the sense of, like, they're remaking a lot of the art assets. They're kind of uh, 
not like trying to tell the full story, but maybe trying to highlight certain aspects of it. They describe it as a aesthetic homage to the timeless world and characters, which actually is something that might like fan projects. Those get ta- get legal takedowns all the time. But the fact that this is something more akin to an artwork than an actual playable game might help them out a bit. Also, thank you for resubbing, Marv. <laughs> No problem. I wanted to w- let no Sarah finish his uh, rant before I uh, interrupted him. That wasn't him on a that. rant. That was an observation. <sighs> Rude. <laughs> but uh, um, what the, the the bit on the article that that really uh, caught my eye was the fact that the, the project has over twenty developers from uh, studios like Sucker Punch, Ubisoft, Rare, Unbroken, and then more that are helping with this project right now. Some decent names in there. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty big studios that 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 have some talents coming over and helping with this in their spare time. Oh, don't you hate when you have to sneeze and you don't? Yes, I've had that happen a lot. <laughs> the worst. It is the worst. So yeah, especially it when you're doing it when you're worst. when you're doing a live podcast. At least I was able to mute it, so you just got to see the aftermath. <laughs> Um, but the the thing that we're all concerned about with this, I mean, is the fact that most companies are very litigious when it comes to their IP. They want to protect their assets. They They have to protect their assets because if they don't protect their assets, Uh, they lose their assets. That's specifically for trademarks. Oh, okay. Copyright, you can pick and choose a little bit more on how you enforce. Trademarks are the one where that's going to happen. Okay. That said... Even though it's not a, you will definitely lose it, it is very easy to start losing. Like, if something gets out into the world, that may still affect how people see your product, uh, may affect the image that's going on. There's a lot of stuff that can happen, and you start losing control over uh, your property. Like, not in a legal sense, but just in a how society and culture views it. Yep, so these these people did it, so now this group's gonna do it, and this group's gonna do it, and that group's gonna do it, and, and pretty soon... And even if- yeah. Even if uh, you don't have other people doing it, uh, the one that my uh, dad told me about was a God, 1960s or 1970s uh, poster of Disney characters involved in all sorts of illegal and lewd acts, which Disney does not want anyone thinking of Mickey Mouse like that. Oh! I think that one actually did end up being protected under parody grounds, but it was mm-hmm. a major case for the time. Yeah. And well, and it, uh, it just reminds me of a, a video that I watched today. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Matt Pat and uh, his different uh, channels that he has. Um, he, I, I, I really like watching his uh, his food theorists channel. He had a video today where he's talking about McDonald's Land. How they were uh, sued for basic for blatantly copying HR Puffin stuff. So that, that that type of thing it all happens. I mean, if you look at you know the old seventies um, uh, McDonald Land characters, it's pretty blatant. I mean, <laughs> so. But was it theft or was it homage or just something in a artistic style? Because a it's general McDonald's, artistic style, they did they, it for money. That's theft. Uh, they, that's eh. that's yeah. Was it? Was it money? Because it was money, you're you're screwed. Yes, it was money, it, because well, the the staggering stat I saw today, because of something that came out of that, you know, Happy Meals, 
which make like mm-hmm. eight point two million dollars a day Dang. in sales. So much. <laughs> that is a lot. But they are happy. That is so much. But yeah, I mean, it just shows that you know companies do have to protect you know their rights. Um, they're in their rights to do it because they they spent their time, their money, um, their efforts to create and uh, promote and uh, sell these products. So, I mean, I understand, you know, you need to protect it, but intellectual property law is a very complicated beast that we could talk for hours. Also as a, uh, for sure company, as a group that, you know, utilizes assets from said company, um, in a, uh, hopefully, you know, one off way to entertain and educate about said, uh, uh, companies stuff. (laughs) We hope, They've been pretty good about when it when it comes to a lot of things like like what we do podcasts, you know, we're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, promote their products, talk about the things that we enjoy about them and basically, you know, simp for them. <laughs> but um, no, if, if this were to end up becoming some sort of for profit uh, um, thing with this uh, um remake of Final Fantasy 9, then yes, I could 100% understand they would have to, you know, you know, go after it legally, but maybe somebody will be able to, to sell them on the idea and have them jump in on it. We'll have to see. I really look forward to seeing more about this particular project, and uh, maybe we'll see something come of it. Rather than it's, it's shut crossed. off because um, SE decided to uh, squash it. But that's not our only bit of Final Fantasy IX news. Apparently, <laughs> yes, there is going to be an upcoming Final Fantasy IX animated series, which could be used to expand the world of Gaia. And this one is like canon licensed or whatever. Yes, yes. This, this is a fully licensed animated adaptation uh, by Cyber Group Studios. Um. What's great about this is they talk about why this is going, this could potentially be an amazing thing for Final Fantasy. Um, if you look at the games prior to nine, you know, seven and eight, they're a lot more, they're darker. The, the uh, game, the, a lot of the assets are somewhat more realistic, eight more than seven at least. But, uh, well, we kind of give them a little bit of a pass because. PlayStation was very new when when Seven was uh, developed. So, I mean, what it did was amazing, but it 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 doesn't stand up right now. But it did not age well. Yeah, Eight still looks pretty damn good. You know, overall, it's it's a very realistic looking um, game for the for the time. It's the best looking game in did the world. Did you play the HD remaster that came out a few years ago? Uh, I have eight? it. I think it looks a lot better now. Um, but it does. Squall is still the best looking man in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that will never not be funny. Uh, exactly. But that will never not be fucking hilarious. When nine was released, the style changed drastically and it became, it went back to a more cartoony style and it, it's that, mm-hmm. that art style that is going to lead well into an adaptation, you know, for a cartoon style series like this. 
And, yeah. and they, they talk about that. And plus the fact that they can expand on some of these stories um, within that we didn't necessarily get to see in the game because technology kind of limited it based on storage space. And we, we still had three discs, I believe, for, for nine. Or was it four? Um, I think it was four at that point. I'm not sure. I know eight was four, but I want to say nine was three again. I'd have to go back and actually look. But um, uh, they mentioned four something. discs. Okay. I thought they mentioned three in the article. Uh, the fourth disc is super short and it's mostly just the final dungeon. Okay. Um, but yeah, they, they figured that they can maybe u- utilize that to kind of create different seasons. So, like I said, the last dungeon was basically on the fourth disc, then the previous three, you know, were, you know, could be divided yeah. into chapters within the, the, the story. Yeah, like the final dungeon is this big building thing when you're playing a game, but for an anime, it's like watching them, like maybe some specific challenges that they run into, revelations that they have, but you're not going to have every single bit of the final dungeon. That's just not good uh, TV. Unless, unless you've That's got, uh, unless it's Dragon Ball Z. I said, as I said, that's just not good TV. For, for th- 30 episodes. Shots fired. <laughs> anyway. Sarah has opinions on this. I'm, I, really, I can tell. I really want to see how this develops because but 9 is probably my favorite Final Fantasy game. I love the story. I it's in my it top five. I used to. Easily. Yeah, I love the, the characters. I loved, you know, the fact that they brought it back to an old, the old school style, you know, I one was the original, the first game that I played on Nintendo, and then I didn't, I played uh, seven on PC, and then nine was my first one that I played on a PlayStation. So the fact that it went back to the way I remember it, actually, I played one, and I played uh, Legend, and then I played Adventure, which were all in the in the more classical uh, oh RPG style. <laughs> As far as what the character design was and the storylines, so, so so that's the kind of stuff that I loved, and the fact they went back to it in nine is, I think, why I it holds a special place in my heart. So I really, and plus, I love uh, a really good animated series. So, and yes, yeah. uh, like like uh, uh, Seven Daily Streamer says in the chat, nine has Vivi. Enough said. <laughs> nine does have Vivi. Oh, he weathers his existential crisis so well. All right, so some Final Fantasy XI news. Uh, they've launched a new We Are Vanadeal website in preparation for the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy XI. Holy shit. I'm just so incredibly impressed that it's been 20 years. What? Still going. I MMO. built a computer for this game. Yeah, I've I built a couple computers for that game. <laughs> I, I, I had oh, dial-up internet. History. It's so long. I, I had dial-up internet when I beta tested this game. Oh man, they've got like a full history of it, which they're adding on to. And there's a category for confidential story for the behind the scenes things that were going on during the development and the early days of the game. And really, a lot of that is new to us as players because there was no news. I mean, we we had to like 
hear about things that maybe popped up in in Japanese uh, magazines and then were uh, um, uh, translated and put on places like Alakazam and and, and and sites like that. We'd get maybe a little news that way, but no. When a new expansion was coming out, we didn't know about it until maybe a a, a month or two in advance. Yeah. And then it would just happen, and we'd be like, "Cool, now what?" Like, adventurous history. We can't do goblin trains. Alpina specialty. <laughs> the Rams' reign of terror. Oh, I have a friend who only played for like a relatively short time, who just got absolutely terrorized by the Rams in Kronstadt Highlands. Oh, good times. But yes, I, I is for me. It's all about Gobby train to Selbina. If you were well, AFKing outside of the zone, you had to get out of there. You were about to die, and you could de-level. Well, Crawler's Nest is shut down for half an hour. Unless a Beastmaster comes in, in which case we can all get back to leveling. <laughs> but we're not letting them in our party. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that freaking Brady Games guide. I still Stop. have It's still back there. I still have it. Uh, yeah. I worked for Prima. All right, I mean, there is some Final Fantasy XIV news to talk about as well. There's a free login campaign going on right now, guys. Uh, from now until August 23rd, anyone who previously purchased Final Fantasy XIV and whose subscription has been inactive for at least 30 days is eligible to play for free for 14 days. Which, Normally again, it's four days, so two full weeks is a little unusual. Yeah, you're right. It, it is. They want to get everybody through. Yeah, that's true. Um, but remember, that is 14 days from time of initial login. So your your the clock continues. It doesn't stop when you log out. Right. But still, like true. that, it was the same with the previous ones as yep. well. Yep. So they're still giving like over triple the time they have before. That's true. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it had been 14 days for a while, but no, I guess it has been. So 96 hours. I have a friend who got burned hard by this. Yeah. So yeah, I might have to get my uh, my my sister back into this. Um, see if she's interested in giving it a try. I bought it for her uh, for her PlayStation. Back. I in know the day. a couple people I can poke. That and I think you can actually buy the full game for PC for really cheap right now. Do I have to yeah, look the up full the meme? Game in- I will look up the meme. No, stop it. <laughs> uh, the full game is like forty bucks. Like it's really cheap right now. Yeah, I mean, and that's all the expansions up to uh, to Shadowbringers. Including the award-winning, I'm done. I will drive to your house to backhand you, sir. I can mute him. <laughs> that counts as visiting. I can mute him. Yeah, let's do that. All Ooh. right. So, um, the new soundtrack, "Death Until Dawn," is available for pre-order right now, and it releases on September fifteenth. So you can either go out to the uh, the, the Square Enix web st- web store. Or if you want, you can go to CD Japan. Um, both of those sites have it available for pre-order. Um, it includes a, a code for a wind-up Lina minion, as in the the bunny girl from uh, from from the first, not Lena from Final Fantasy V. <laughs> um, also, we have that minion. <laughs> it's true. Also, a number of the pre-orders will get a uh, a, a collector's CD sleeve. You guys saw the one that that came from the Shadowbringers one, right? That I showed you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so this one's going to be kind of like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, also, speaking of more um, stuff coming up soon in crossovers, there's going to be another Final Fantasy XIV and Lawson crossover. We are going to be getting light chicken again and dark crystal Kataage. <laughs> yes, okay. it's chicken again. <laughs> so there's like I saw a picture of it. There's this cute little kind of minionified version of like a chicken in paladin armor that apparently they didn't even request. Like the folks that just decided right. to do this. That tracks. Yep. Um, so this was announced <laughs> during the end of the live letter, um, and there will be more details coming in August. And does this mean that our friend Marvelous will be making a trip to Japan to test this out for us? Yes, as soon as it's open. I literally <laughs> have two tickets that I've returned for credit for on JAL. And as soon as it's open, yes. Like I said, I'm this going. is going to be in August. So. Also, I just hope we get those chickens as actual minions. Oh, God, that would be that hilarious. Would be yes. Um... Talking about food, there is going to be an official cookbook on the way, question mark? Apparently... I saw that. There is a placeholder on Amazon right now for a, an, a licensed cookbook. It doesn't say on the Amazon page what it's for, but according to our friends over at Gamer Escape... Oops. Why did I have to do the login campaign again? I wanted this one. I can't copy-paste today. <laughs> that tracks. It's unfortunate. There we go. So according to uh, our friends at Gamer Escape, uh, you can journey through the rich culinary landscape of Final Fantasy XIV Online, featuring favorite flavors from across Heidelin and Norvrant, and easy-to-follow instructions. This tome provides numerous tips on how to make the most of your ingredients. Start your day with a farmer's breakfast, a very famous and simple yet delightful dish. Savor the night's bread of Krithis. Dive into Lenosha's Rollenberry Cheesecake, and many more. Oh yeah, there's a link to the Simon and Schuster page. That's the publisher. Yep. And then, oh, and fascinating. Then, uh, there's a but will they show us how to put in all the love into our sandwich basket that the Crystal Exarch put? The secret ingredient is MSG. MSG, no. the king of flavor. <laughs> hey, hang on, I'll be back. <laughs> anyway, um, like I said, there is a, a page up on Amazon. It doesn't specify that it is the Final Fantasy cookbook, but it's assumed that it is, and it's going to pre-order for $35 and will be available on November 9th. Yes, yeah. I'm getting it. But are you going to make us anything from it? If you come visit me, yes, I will. Oh! He has such good taste. That's the stuff. Uncle Marvelous has MSG. I don't think you're allowed to do that voice. I th didn't hear what you said at all. Are you muted? I muted it so that when I like yeeted my microphone <laughs> across the desk, it wouldn't destroy everybody. <laughs> Forgot about that. No, I have one walk. Oh, so you're not a walk monogamous fuck. walk. You're not a walk fuck boy. Not a walk fuck boy. <laughs> monogamous to the walk. I only have Do one I walk too. Do I need to watch more of his videos to understand that? Yes. No. You just need to deal with me more often, which is probably worse. 
Well, okay, I just need to say more things, so you come down to backhand me, and then afterwards we'll get ramen. It'll be great. I'm down. Anyway. <laughs> so yes, Final Fantasy XIV yeah, cookbook. Yeah, so I... I want one, but I have an unfortunate suspicion that, that it's going to be like a lot of the licensed and branded cookbooks where they grab a couple things that everybody knows about and they make a recipe for those, which is mostly usually just plating. And then a lot of the recipes are ones that are just mass produced and churned out that they just flavor and change a couple names and change the plating and turn it into a special thing for whatever brand the cookbook is. It's like uh, a very egregious one is the Hunger Games cookbook. Pita's Cheesy Biscuits. They're fucking copycat Red Lobster Biscuits, but they're from Pita's Bakery. No, they're not. They're fucking copycat Red Lobster Biscuits, and they are in the Hogwarts Cookbook, too. Well, here's, here's the thing. Hang on, like hang on. Final Fantasy Give, 14 Cookbook, I'm all in. Given that District 12 is supposed to be in the Appalachia reason, region, they might still have Old Bay seasoning. This could work. That's the best argument I've heard for it. But Thank you. <laughs> if it's a real 14 cookbook where they're breaking down, like, here's why we put peppermint on pizza. Like, real item, by the way. Like, sure. Like, that's fine. Break that stuff down and make it make sense. But if it's just copycat, here's take your sourdough starter, add an egg and ham to it. I'm going to be like, yes. no. It's like, yes, you just met. You made pancakes. You put little decorations on it to make it look like a little off-fell face, but it's pancakes. It's pancakes. Um, I, I also I, have about this much space on my cookbook shelf, so as long as it's this big, I'm just going to buy it anyway. Well, it's 192 pages, so I think it'll be about that size. But they say there's going to be 70 recipes Wait. in there, and the fact that Final Fantasy has so much invested in its cu culinarian uh quest lines and lore and everything they Are put you, into it, I think this is going to be a little bit more legit. It, it's possible that we're wrong, but both Marvelous and I have reason to be skeptical. No, I fully understand. Uh, it. I, I, have, I have seen those licensed cookbooks as well. I and see yeah, a shit. lot of them pass through the library as well. I guess I'm hoping that with the amount of, you know, in-game stuff available that they'll be able to do something along the lines of what a lot of the uh, content creators have done that, that play with these recipes in a real-life situation. To which end, like, there's a WoW cookbook that's actually really super fucking accurate and good. Just as there's long as ones you... for the tail system that is pretty accurate and good. So, sure. Just this could be one of those, and I'd be really happy to see if it was. Avoid the one for, um... Uh, the, the uh, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Brian David Gilbert's video on that was the defining thing. Yep. All right. Um, Put this tree into a pot with its dead chicken and then boil it with a cow's asshole. It's soup now. No, it's not soup. I mean, technically, yeah. you can do a lot of things that it's soup. When technically gets involved, bullshit is occurring. Just say yes, and you'll need that. Uh, you'll need like those cow anuses in order to uh, make the cheese. Speaking of no. anuses, <laughs> so apparently th there has been a lot of WoW refugees coming over to Final Fantasy fourteen. Now they aren't the anuses. 
the people who are reacting to them playing are the a-holes. Uh, apparently there is a very, very big uh, WoW streamer, Gold, who has been playing Final Fantasy XIV now for the past week or so, I guess. And I guess his opinion of the game is he loves it. He is still streaming it. He has thousands and thousands of people watching him. And he has hundreds of people griefing him in game. <laughs> what the hell? Like, part of me wonders if that's like, like, is that FF14 players who don't like that he came over? Is that WoW players who feel betrayed and decided to hop in? I don't even know anymore. It, it's tough. I did. I did see a posting of apparently at least one person who had gotten a, a couple week ban. Because like you're like in general, you're not supposed to be disrupting the play experience of others. And oftentimes, like it's small scale, it's difficult to see, mm -hmm. uh, it's difficult to prove. Having a GM address it is uh but when you're doing it on the thing of a massive streamer where like how how many people watch it? Like uh, thousands? The, over two hundred thousand viewers tuned in to see him uh descend to Aeors for the first time. So yeah, when you have like a, a couple, like a hundred thousand people watching you grief this guy, that's a lot of witnesses. Yeah, I mean, people were getting on their large mounts and just blocking access to NPCs or you know things like that. So it, come on, guys, come on, people. Great community, by the way. Don't be awful. But yeah, yeah like, I mean, I'm pretty sure none of the people listening to this show would do that. Like our listeners are. Good. I don't know. I think Talas might do it just for the lulls. I can't see it. Depends honestly. on who it is. Depends on who it is. I cannot see. I don't watch that. streamers. I would no. have no idea exactly. who this person yeah. is. You know, honestly, I when when I first heard about this, I had no idea who Asmund Gold was. I don't watch very many people play games. Honestly, that's funny coming from a guy who, who streams on Twitch occasionally. I mean. It's like my friend who develops games who can't remember the last time that he played a game. Well, I, yeah, I, that happens a lot. I mean, I would yeah. say a lot of streamers probably don't watch other streamers because they are very busy with their own content or they have their own lives. And that's understandable. I mean, that's just everyone. Mm -hmm. but no one has enough time for anything. Apparently, this guy, he's got a huge following. He's extremely entertaining. And I think that, you know, he's going to do nothing but bring good to Final Fantasy 14 just because it hasn't been a largely viewed game in 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 Twitch. Granted, no, it's uh, really hard to stream a story game. YouTube videos yeah. get a lot of views because people are going out and, and looking for Miztech videos on on this uh um X Primal or they're looking or, up the, you know how to uh do what a number or, of different things. Or that quite frankly, I I will look for videos of story things because I don't I cannot be bothered to try to log in and hunt down exactly which page in the unending journey. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, okay, it was around this patch. Oh, look absolutely. it up, jump around the video. There we go. Yep, you know, watching cutscenes, stuff like that. Absolutely. But to wa to live stream and watch somebody progress through an MMO is painful. I'm not gonna lie. You know, we yes. yeah, I did it for a very long time on a regular basis and it yeah it's hard to make that engaging content absolutely um but uh you know i think that it's gonna bring a little bit more and uh, hopefully it helps all streamers on final fantasy 14 because if they like this guy maybe they'll start looking for other people who are playing the game 
which partially explains maybe why uh, Final Fantasy XIV broke the Steam concurrent player record of 42,000 players recently. And that's just people playing so on Steam, many for it? just Steam. That's just Steam. Yeah. And Steam is probably, the, other than Mac, the smallest percentage of players. Granted, yes, Steam is a PC thing. Not many people actually purchase the game through Steam. Yeah. And I see. I used to link my my launcher into Steam so I could launch it that way, but it still was not considered a Steam game. So I don't know if they if they actually yeah, monitored. Yeah, I feel that. like they had because we have what PC is probably the highest for sure, mm -hmm. followed by PS4. Yep, PS4, PS5. Uh, Steam is probably third. I'd say PS5 is behind it, and Mac is definitely at the bottom just because they didn't optimize the game for Mac. So a lot of Mac hardware just straight can't run it even like a 2018 macbook pro can't run 14 so like why why like it, if they're not going to optimize for it people aren't going to play on it yeah f's in the chat <laughs> but in yeah the chat i mean that's, for all the mac players it's pretty cool to see that that that's happened i mean it, it, it's such a cool thing i mean even mainstream uh video game shows were talking about it you know they've been talking about you know asmund gold you know, jumping ship potentially, mm -hmm. uh, and then talking about you know that there's they've seen the highest number of players you know signing into a particular um, game source. So, but yeah, if we look yeah, in, look deeper into it, um, yeah, it, the peak uh, peak in player numbers came a day after Asmongold began streaming it to over two million followers. So yeah, I mean, definitely a hand in hand. So I'm hoping that uh, we're getting more people not only joining on Steam, but also on, you know downloading it on PC or you know pulling it from the PlayStation Store or whatever. So it's just nice to see more people jumping into the game. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll pre we'll soon be seeing uh, the uh, the numbers 20 million coming from the Final Fantasy 14 group. I think we had 18 million. Not it's that gonna long ago. rise and then it's gonna fall. Yeah. No, it's going to rise and it's going to fall because that's usually what happens when people jump to an MMO is they play it for three months and then dip. Yeah, but it's like not everyone's necessarily in for the long haul. Some of them are going to be like, hey, I'll try it. And they're like, eh, not for me. I gave it the old college. Realistically, try. though, this is the best mm -hmm. time for anybody who wants to join in to jump in right now because we are five months away from a brand new expansion. And you have four whole ass games to play. And you've got a bunch of bored veterans who are probably who are probably happy to be like, hey, an adorable newbie. Let's take them through things, which I, I would say, you know, aside from the people who are griefing Asmongold, um, the majority of the Final Fantasy 14 player base is happy to help other people. So, I mean, there's a, a this is an insanely friendly game an insanely friendly player base. So it's 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 nice to see the numbers. It's nice to see. um you know the the interest growing again, uh, especially for the fact that uh, um, WoW has kind of been stagnant lately. So, but you know, like I said, it's all good to see more people jumping in the game, watching people play the game. And speaking of people watching others play the game, and col and collaborations, Final Fantasy fourteen ha also has a collaboration going right now with Twitch, where if <laughs> and Nick Nar, thank you so much yes, for resubbing. Do. Yeah, I know you guys can't hear that, but uh, that's. I'm glad to see you guys uh, uh, oh. stopping in and uh, joining us. And 
supporting the show. It's greatly appreciated. 49 months. Thank you, Nick Dar. Yeah, he's he and I are I think he's actually ahead of me uh, on, on, <laughs> on some months because I think I, I, I missed a little bit before. So. <laughs> but no, I, the, the, we, like I said, the people who support this channel are, are dedicated and I appreciate every one of you. Um, so with, with this, the, 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 the Twitch and Final Fantasy 14 collaboration, if you go to one of the uh, streamers that they list on their website and you uh, gift up to four subs on their channel while they're playing Final Fantasy 14, you will get a code for the black fat chocobo mount. So that's what they're, 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 they're trying to, you know, get people to watch Final Fantasy 14 and support the uh the streamer player the streamer base which on its surface seems great you're, you're supporting also, people seems great on its surface but but the list of players is small it's all the players who are i believe this that they are the ones who are um listed with square enix as you know they're partners in Twitch. They are list. I think they are uh, have some sort of affiliation with Square Enix. Um, and it's very. How do I put this without coming off too terrible? Uh, I'm al- I'm allowed to say it. It's very cishet white male. You're not I'm allowed to say this. You're not wrong. And. Yeah, there, there's a, there's not a lot of uh, variety or um, there's not a lot of diversity. It's, yeah, there's not like uh, there's very little uh, representation of persons of color, queer uh, streamers, which especially given that it launched during Pride rankled at a lot of us. Like it's I think a lot of it is people who are already Twitch partners where it's like, OK, it's people who are kind of already established. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I am really wondering about who exactly this is meant to benefit. But I am a cynical bastard, so. I mean, I'm, I'm going to probably sound very um, ungrateful or very uh, um, selfish when I say the first, my first thought when I heard about this was, or, or saw the list was, wow, where are the small streamers? Where are we on that list? <laughs> where are we where's remix and emmy where's maelstrom radio where's, where's Pete Gamer escape where are our friends yeah, yeah where's moogle go right? around like, literally where are our friends that play this game yeah where where who are... the hell are all of these people i mean i know who ethis is i know who happy is i know who zeppelin right. is they're all very big names in final fantasy 14 they're all Twitch partners. I know who Mioni is. You know, they're all people who have a large subscriber base, a large following base. They play mainly 14 and they are recognized by the community as, you know, Final Fantasy 14 experts, so to speak. But where is the, uh, the random streamer who spends six days a week you know, going through and RPing 
and and playing New Game Plus and and enjoying the storyline with their two or three uh, uh, concurrent viewers. Where, where's where's their name on the list? Where yeah, is feels- where's the crafting streamers? Where are the um, the people who are are doing uh, raid progression with their static, but you know decide to show it on on Twitch, but only have say five or six people who follow them. Where are they yeah, on this, this list? This really feels like something that's more to like benefit Twitch by having like, okay, here's this thing where people are engaging with this, where they're buying subscriptions, where I think a lot of us were really hoping it would be a way to kind of showcase and introduce a lot more of those smaller groups, a lot more of those ones who get into these really interesting aspects of this game, rather than just like kind of the big name, like, generalist like because they're not bad streamers it's just like they already have so much of the attention so much it could have been done to help the small streamer to help you know Mm -hmm. just the person who maybe doesn't have the name recognition the person who has not yet you know and also just like you know like non-cishet white male voices i mean i think there are some women on there but still but no, I think the majority is, yeah, is that. And it, like I said, it's all, and they're all partners. They're all large names. Like I said, I, they worked hard to get where they're at. I am not holding any of that against the people who are on the list. My problem lies with how the list was populated. Yeah, this is more who's making the decisions of which voices to elevate. Mm-hmm. Like, was there just uh, a poor intern at Square Enix who, who went out to Twitch and and got a list of the top 100 streamers. Is that what they did? Was there someone who just top like 100 streamers for for Final Fantasy 14? Hit them all. See who responds. Yeah. Um. Oh, we've got some comments in the chat about that as well. Yes. So mm-hmm. let's see. That's getting <sighs> spicy. Yeah, talking about some of the the, the drops. You know, because yeah, Twitch has a drop system where if you play certain games, people who are. Uh, watching you play that game can get free drops for that game as well and they usually go to they're they're usually allocated to the large streamers because they have people they have the eyes yeah yep but like and i get it it's a business it's just still disappointing it just seems to me that this would be a great way to bolster support for the small streamer because in order to get the item you have to gift subs subs is how people on twitch earn money So um, it just it 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 seems like there was not enough it, research was done. I I don't think it's necessarily that not enough research was done. The impression I have is they had a set of goals that aligns with their interests that maybe doesn't align with what we would want to see in regards to supporting certain types of voices or engaging certain parts of the community. Yeah, maybe we say fuck too much. It can't be it. <laughs> That. <laughs> but there's also the fact that we have to look at this and say, is this a Final Fantasy 14 related issue? Given what we've talked about at length ad nauseum about the stuff that Koji Fox does, about the stuff that Yoshi P does, we even said it in this episode of their, you know, their fans. They have fans of the dev team. Like we love these guys. We know who they are. And we yeah. are the type of players that are saying, hey, I'm taking a break from the game. We go, oh, that's cool. I'll let you know if a patch comes out or there's an event with a drop that you or something that you want. And you're like, okay, we do that. We have that community. This doesn't sound like it's coming from that community. 
This yeah. sounds like it's coming from an absolutely strict business aspect. And from a business standpoint, no, you, you pick the thing that is the most likely to be successful. You just yep. do. That's it sucks. Like, but I get it. Do. It's just disappointing. Working with Pokemon, I've seen this exact thing. Work with Pokemon, I saw the same thing where they didn't care about our local game stores. They didn't care about leagues that were less than 20 people. They didn't care about store owners. They didn't care about league leaders. They didn't care about the fact that all of their money is being earned by volunteers. Looking at you, Pokemon. So a lot of the TCG that one feels legally problematic because we got tired of being treated like crap. It's uh, they we have actually I actually had to talk to their legal department. I was like, guys, what? Are, why are we doing this? And they didn't have good answers, which is why a lot of leagues in the area shut down. They mm -hmm. had some issues, and it's fine. They have decided to make their choices, and that is what they want to run their game as. And a lot of Pokemon players are picking up Yu-Gi-Oh and Final Fantasy and Magic, mm -hmm. and because they're just they don't want to be part of that. I've watched this exact same scenario play out with different companies, with different people who are doing all of the work and then getting marginalized afterwards, focusing on the game stores that the employees liked not the game stores that had the bigger leagues or the more successful or more dedicated players. I've seen this with the pieces moved around just a little bit, and it feels familiar enough that I can honestly say I don't own a single Pokemon TCG card. And uh, I can't get rid of the tattoo on my back. And yeah, that's can. a problem. There's lasers for that. So, so there is... Or cover. You can do a cover. There's some issues th with this collab. Yeah. I get it. Um, yeah, there's some issues with this collab, and I feel like it's the fourth... I feel it's the business, not the 14 community. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's... let's I'm just going to say this. It's also possible now that, you know, news travels both ways. You know, the, the mm -hmm. we, we listen to the 14 team talk about their things. They also listen to the community. We are not the first group that has talked about these issues. I've heard it on other podcasts, you know, and seen it in other mm -hmm. articles that people are like, you know, there's a lot of issues with how this particular collaboration uh, was laid out. The so, fact that Yoshida well, they is... They may rethink that a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping with Yoshida in the position that he's in within Square Enix, he may have some clout to make some changes. So I'm hoping that this oversight is something that can be rectified in the future and that any future collaborations between Final Fantasy XIV and Twitch can be more inclusive of the entire streaming community. Make your complaints politely. Don't mm -hmm. be a dick about it. Absolutely. But, like, I certainly tweeted to the uh, FF14 Twitter account about when they were talking about this. So I was like, hey, it's kind of disappointing to not see a lot of these voices represented. And I'm hoping that they're reading these, taking them to heart, and actually passing them on to people who need to see this. Because yeah. if, it, if we see this come again and no change has been made, the voices are going to get louder. They're going to get more adamant. And that's when oh. things are going in, to... In the worst case, they just give up and walk away. Yeah, that would be the worst thing. Or they might become... They might vocally denounce. Which is yeah. something you don't want because... Angry voices, you know, in, about something are are heard very, very loudly. So, 
It's hard to recall. We should move on or we're just going to be sad. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Too late. Well, but it's something that needed to be discussed. All right. Oh, it absolutely did. And I I wanted to make sure that, you know, you know, our opinions. I go zero to sad very quickly. But you can go from sad to happy, too, I hope. Yes. Also very quickly. Because we have some Final Fantasy 16 news. That's kind of problematic, isn't it? Yes. Let's get to the other. Good luck. All right. So. Some information that came from the uh, 14 hour live stream uh, about Final Fantasy 16 because a certain uh, Naoki Yoshida is in charge of both games. When does the man sleep? Uh, uh, when hell freezes over. So, uh, Final Fantasy 14 or Final Fantasy 16 main scenario is complete. English voice acting is uh, nearly finished, but the game might not make Tokyo Game Show 2021. Thanks to our friends over at Nova Crystallis. Uh, we got some information that uh, during the 14, uh, 14 hour broadcast, uh, uh, Naoki Yoshida t- shared some sparse details with the upcoming uh, game, talking about how they are proceeding well with the main scenario and uh, English voice acting. But uh, they want to make sure that any presentations they make for the game are uh, very clean, very. Uh, that they look amazing and that they are, you know, ready to present. So they're not going to give any more half-assed trailers like they did earlier. Um, I mean, they got panned pretty bad for that initial trailer because it was mm-hmm. pretty rough looking. I mean, I appreciate that they showed us what they're working on, but, you know, I, I'm a I'm a 14 fanboy. Yeah. I, or I, I'm a Final Fantasy fanboy. I, when it comes to Final Fantasy, like I said... I, I simp hard for Final Fantasy. I'm sorry, I do. <laughs> Just pump it directly into my veins. <sighs> right? <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, from that standpoint, I understand Yoshida's uh, uh, um, change to want to make sure that the next trailer that they show is going to be, you know, completely polished and uh, and ready to go. They specifically said that they don't want to just be like drip feeding information. So like the next time they do present something, they want it to be something that's going to really knock our socks off. Yeah. So it's nice to hear a little bit about 16 because so, it has been a while since we heard anything. It's been what, since February? I don't know, man. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> all right. So a little bit of uh, other Final Fantasy 14 news to talk about. Like I said, this is a huge news episode. Uh, yeah. Pri- prior to me leaving on vacation, I got to play the uh, the beta for uh, Final Fantasy Origin. Let's kill chaos. It was okay. It wasn't super polished. It was a little rough. You know, for a PS5 game, it should have been maybe a little bit uh, cleaner, a little bit nicer. I streamed about an hour's worth of gameplay. Um... I wasn't a fan of I, 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 I've never played a Souls-like prior to this. Um, so the, the, the controls were a little bit different. You know, having, there's a lot of different uh, combos and how they played out maybe seemed a little convoluted to me. The, the mixture of buttons they made you push in order to get certain moves off. Um, again, this is one of those things where it's, it's early beta and I'm hoping that uh, they're able to take some feedback and uh, that they're going to clean it up 
I'm sure I'll give it a try again once once the uh, um. I think this is still a 2022 release game, so it's something that's still a ways off. There's a lot of work yet to be done on it. My biggest complaint was the lack of story. It was kill chaos, and it was that was it. It was the early voice acting was rough. Um, like I said, I, I it didn't really seem to have a clean, clear storyline. It's it, a demo, so who knows how much they're holding back? But very true. Um, <laughs> but like I said, it's one of those things where I I hope that uh, they have some more explanation of it prior to release so I have an idea as to what's actually going on and how it ties into the original Final Fantasy. So, other than you kill... Final Fantasy themed version of Kill Bill. Eh, Well, it it is what it is. I mean, it's a... uh, It it was... (laughs) It's... I don't have a ton of great to say about it. I mean... No. Final Fantasy 7... I saw some gameplay of it and I was like, this doesn't look good was great you the the gameplay with yuffie was amazing going into this it was rough it wasn't pretty i i didn't enjoy it as much it it was grindy it was uh, it was moody it it, it was definitely dark and uh and uh um it, it, (laughs) it was what it was i i just hope that they have a lot better coming for the game and I hope they change the fucking you title. You are struggling to say literally anything about the game, positive or negative. I think we got it. It's just, there's yeah. nothing there. Yeah. yeah, but it's a demo. I mean, we'll see what grows from it. My my quote in in the in the uh, the show notes. Meh. Meh. But I wanted to expound on meh. So, um, now let's talk about some other things that are coming out soon. Final Fantasy uh, Pixel Remaster. Is is going to be releasing the first three games very soon, and oh, thank uh, fucking god they're getting rid of those weird sprites. Yeah, th- yeah. The the biggest thing that that came the reason why they came with Final Fantasy uh, Pixel Remasters was they wanted to unify the uh, um, the, the 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 styles of the games. They recently released a thirty minute video that features uh, uh, Sakaguchi. Where they show more gameplay of the different uh, games, as well as uh, you know, explain a little bit what's going on. The uh, voice or the video or the audio is all Japanese, but you can turn on subtitles and get them uh, um, translated. It's a little rough, but it's kind of entertaining. <laughs> um, I do recommend you give it a look. Um, the the article that I linked has the video embedded in it, or you can just go out to the video if you want to. Um, it actually has uh, um, Uematsu as well, so it's very entertaining. And like I said, we get to see a little bit more of the redesigned uh, elements of the game. So take a look at that. However, not everything is roses when it comes to Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. Uh, a lot of people have issues with the way the text within the games looks. And it's a very narrow and very tall font, which I'm hoping is something that can be changed within game settings. Hopefully, because it looks rough. Yeah. Um, and if you're playing this yep. on your phone, good luck reading it. 
it's pretty bad. Oof. It's pretty bad. Um, like I said, the games themselves, I love the, the style of the sprites for the characters and for the uh, enemy models, but that text in those boxes is rough. Oof. Oof. <laughs> So yeah, I'm hoping that's something that can be changed. Also, I'm hoping this is something that comes out on the Switch, because I want to buy the new Switch when it comes out in October, and I want to play these on it. Yeah, try to actually what read the- any of that. Like, you, and you need it for so much of being able to play the game. Yeah. I so mean- first of all, I want to talk about how the font is rough, and Final Fantasy II is being released, which uses keywords as a game mechanic. Oh, yeah, that's not going to go well. Uh, One of the quotes in the article says these games are newly developed remaster editions based on the original title. Some of the changes and additional elements found in other remakes of these games are not included. So for things like Final Fantasy one, they added four additional dungeons in the Game Boy Advance version as you beat each uh, boss and light up one of the orbs crystals. It unlocked a specific dungeon. It was kind of a puzzle dungeon. It was really challenging. The monsters were different. You got some really good rewards out of it. For the PSP version, you got those four dungeons plus a fifth dungeon called the Labyrinth of Time. That's like a hundred floor dungeon. It's crazy hard. I had four level 99 characters with 999 HP and 999 MP. Every item I could think of, every weapon, every key item, everything loaded. And I still got my ass kicked consistently. It's hard. And they're saying that's not going to be in the Pixel Remaster. I'm like, no, that was amazing. I want that. Plus, there was a lot of cool side story stuff in 4 that they tacked into the PSP remake. Well, like, There's a lot of side story stuff in 3 where they had the four, girl, the four uh, Warriors of Light versus the four Onion Knights. They're going back to the four Onion Knights version. So they might be removing some of the storyline and lore and just clean up that they did. So it's not Ark for that, uh, and GBA uh, or DS remake for it. Nope. Hmm. You can look at the screen caps. It's yeah. Onion Knights. Well, like, Which I'm cool with. I actually kind of like the Onion Knights story better, but... But beating up the Emperor's so good side, who's still a dick. All the way back. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I think I'm going to miss. I think 5 is going to be interesting because there's been so many remakes of 5, so many retranslations, and so many mistranslations that there are pieces of the lore and story in 5 that are based on those mistranslations that we had to just run with. And now those are going to be fixed and cleaned up and make sense. And they might lose some of their charm and it might lose some of its interest. See also for the Chrono Trigger DS remake where Frog no longer talks like Frog because no one else in 600 AD talked like that and it just didn't make any sense. But now Frog was less interesting as a character. So I'm interested to see how far back they want to go to do these remasters because we are going to lose a lot of the cleaned up stuff that I mean, we've gotten in are they gonna f- Even- I was gonna say, Are they going to fix Magic Evasion in one? <laughs> that is one of the other things, right? Like, let's talk like, okay. Temper doesn't actually work in the NES version until you've cast it six times, and then it retroactively activates at six. I think it's six or eight. Huh. You can give your, you can actually cast fear on chaos enough times that you can then activate run, and if it works, you actually 
beat Chaos without dealing any damage to him in the NES game. They definitely fixed that in the uh, vanilla enhanced, uh, <coughs> totally legit ROMs. They also <laughs> fixed it in the G- Game Boy Advance. They fixed it in PSP. But like, are we going to go back to half the spells don't work and elements don't matter? Or well, are we going to go back to vanilla enhanced version of Final Fantasy 1? He will be. That actually was a specifically picked word using a very old version of an English dictionary. Yeah, I mean, he gets to weir- weirdly as a kid, I didn't <laughs> understand what all the jokes are about because the sentence made sense to me. But, but like, he's not going to be butts; he's going to be Bart's. Uh, magic evasion in six is going to work. Uh, the spells um, in one are probably going to work. Uh, you're not going to be able to select a command and then back out of that command in Final Fantasy two and start the second battle with 255 attack. Maybe I mean, they that's fix probably for that's the best. fine. I'm okay with that. But yeah. But like the leveling system in two, are they gonna leave that or are we gonna go back to that? Because that was hard. That was like almost game destroying hard. Uh I don't want Punch that. Yourself back. In the face I like so you the can get some hit points. Experience equals level equals stats. Exactly. I I like the new version of that that they did for the uh, 20th anniversary PSP edition where it's just straight EXP equals levels equals stats. That That's a lot better. Well, I want to keep that. Well, you should find out about that on uh, July 29th because the first three are released then. July 28th, Cross your excuse fingers. me. And they will, they will download as soon as they launch. I believe right now bottom. you can buy all six of them for $75. I did. I'm contemplating it, but that's only you know for mobile, right? That's only for one. Like, I could buy it on Steam for that price, but I couldn't play it on my phone as well. No. You the, have it this on Steam, ki- you have it on Android. This kind of nonsense is why I'm like, okay, you know what? Your copyright just needs to expire eventually, because you can't just keep releasing like more and more versions of this with varying quality. Just let the let the culture have it. I mean, You're I, done. I've bought half the games like twice or three times already. I have physical copies behind me. I have digital copies on Steam for most of the games. So <clears throat> it's not like I... What's that? Have- Sam, <laughs> rant about copyright? Don't mind if I do! <laughs> How about no? We, we do want to have to talk about other things in this episode, too. Oh, God, it's already <laughs> eight. Where yes. did the time go? Well, we've had a lot say, of news. That's why I mentioned it in the chat. I'm like, hey, guys yeah yeah i know it's it's we may end up talking about the live letter in our next episode because we're gonna we still have more to talk about before we get there um it's just we have been gone for so long there's just so much that built up and we want to talk yeah (laughs) i just like talking it's true um but yeah when it comes to that you know they have not yet announced a steam or a, a switch release for any of these pixel remasters now you can't tell me that the switch would not be perfect to play these games on oh it'd be amazing yeah it would be absolutely amazing like i might actually buy a switch yeah (laughs) yeah like i said there's a there's a good chance i'm going to buy the switch oled edition when it when it comes out in 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 october i believe it is um but you know, I would love to have on that these six fucking games because that would be we are just such consumer whores. 
Well, they also were all on Nintendo when they released. Would, I, I'm not wrong, though. Well, we're all, yeah, we are all consumer whores, you know, and we, 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 we love our stuff. Except for, for Talos, because he doesn't have stuff. <laughs> Except for now he nope. has a new guitar that, he, that somebody else got rid of because they had too much stuff. But with that being fairness, said, she now makes more money than everybody listening put together. So, like, I think she'll be just her. fine to buy a new guitar. Yeah. 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 But more on her and the post show. <laughs> with, with that being said, like I said, that's probably why I'm going to hold off on pre ordering those games because I don't want to buy them three more times for, you know, for, for no, Steam. Buy them one time. Exactly. Even if, I, if it costs me an extra 15 bucks, I'll just, then I'll, it'll save me. I'm spending 150 bucks or more. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, that as much as I really want to play those games, I'm leery regarding, you know, the way that they're going to be, uh, seen and, and how it's going to be able to be, to read these commands. So tell us, let us know what, what they come up with. They, they do patch things. So there might be a way to change that in the future or it might come with it. Directly. change the font um or honestly i might be the asshole that just plays it in katakana yeah because that, that <laughs> like, all right we're done i don't I have mean, to deal with this terrible that, english font. that did look readable in the videos yeah. that they show mm-hmm. um the, the the all of the, uh, the the japanese characters showed up just fine it's just it's the english that showed up horribly in certain spots so i played ff1 all in katakana it was hard. It was really hard because I don't I don't actually know how to read and write as well. And so I'm going, okay, well I know what Tatakaya is fight. And then a lot of it's just item like really easy stuff to figure out. Mm-hmm. Bells? Oh god, spells. Like I had to figure out what is Sanda, what is Fira, what is but if you're willing to put it up with it, there might be a solution to the terrible font. Learn another language. When Brought to you by Rosetta Stone. <laughs> yeah, this episode is sponsored by it works, Duolingo. <laughs> Just kidding. Just yeah, kidding. <laughs> uh, that, that, now, would that not have been the ultimate sponsor segue? That would have been pretty good. <laughs> Dude, if we had sponsors, that would be fire. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then one more you piece. You want to of... sell me undies on the podcast? Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I I actually would would not uh, mind having Magic Spoon as a sponsor. <laughs> you hear them on every other podcast. I mean, shit, I actually did yeah, try. No it, it, it's, the new it's pretty good, actually. But I, we podcast. haven't sold out yet, Klaus. No. Anyway, <laughs> yet is the operative word. <laughs> God, I mean, Christ. I was thinking it. <laughs> Uh, you're all terrible yeah we are but you love it deal with it Uh, we could be all terrible and well paid yeah yeah you guys could actually get paid for this Hmm, we we get paid i said you could we need sponsors first oh okay anyway misunderstood one last bit of news to to throw in there before we talk about some really awesome stuff is an article that I ran across called Final Fantasy Needs a Musou-style game. Oh my god, I know so many people who have been saying this. 
So yeah, yeah. Uh, again, the gamer uh, throws out this article talking about uh, you know how Muso yeah. crossovers are definitely a thing. I mean, look at Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, Hyrule Warriors, yes. Dynasty Warriors was the original Samurai Warriors. Uh, Muso game is an interesting name for it, but it comes from the name of the game that charged up your super moves in the original yep. one. But, and then uh, you did your Muso attack, and then like hundreds of enemy uh, little grunts would go flying. Yeah. Persona Five Strikers, another one. Yep. Mm. So there is so much that to draw from from the Final Fantasy universe, where you could easily have any number of uh, um, Final Fantasy themed uh, warrior style games, and. You can either I would actually worry a little bit about which ones you use. Like there's a large number of potential characters. How exactly do you pick without it being a okay, you've got a hundred characters to choose from. Make sure they're distinct in playstyle. Oh come on. None, have you ever played Dynasty Warriors? Okay, fair. <laughs> None of them are very diverse. You you're 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 bat mashing A until you build up your bar and then you hit B and then you put off the big attack and you get on your horse and you ride to the next thing and you do and you and you rinse and repeat okay and then you're like oh shit I pursued Lu Bu <laughs> now and then I just you run Dynasty Warriors Gundam <laughs> which which brings me to my idea for a Dynasty Warriors dating sim where you do pursue Lu Bu we're still friends and banned banned we're still friends and mute and <laughs> anyway um <laughs> but no i mean you you could you could do games based off each individual final fantasy game or like you said mm -hmm. you, you could do one that's based off of all of them all uh like a defu where you've got all of the different characters in there with you know slightly different attacks i mean realistically it'd be a similar type of thing except you're just running around on a chocobo and uh, you know you're spamming your special move, and uh, you know whether it's a a, a a dive with a dragoon character, or you're casting a, a huge fireball into a crowd, or whatever. So it's I mean, you can see like having kind of like classes of characters, like jumping characters or magician characters or things like that. Yeah, that might be a decent way to handle it. In a, in a lot of the other games, you start with a, a set of a few, and you can unlock additional characters to play as so i mean right. that's something that you could potentially do here as well you could start off with say your you know your your like let's say they throw it you give you um Firion and uh cecil and bartz and lightning terra like lightning some like i was thinking i was thinking start with some of the earlier game characters i feel like you'd want a little bit of sprinkling throughout um, and then, like I said, you go further on, and maybe you'll unlock Noctis. Maybe you'll unlock Cloud. Maybe you'll unlock. Are there any main Selfie. characters who are mages? Vivi. He's not Tara. the main character. Vivi is awesome. the main character. Fight me. <laughs> Sorry, Talos. I know that was probably loud. Tara. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. She is. Uh, uh, Tara. Okay, Tara. There's one. She also fights with a sword. I mean, if you're looking for a second one, I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and, and Seven Deadly Streamers agrees with me. He's the only character. Ha ha ha. So take that. <laughs> but there were other people in your Not party how during it the game. Works. 
<laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I would love to see a final a, a Muso in the Final Fantasy universe. I think it would be amazing. That would be a cross a, 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 a genre crossover. I would love to see in Final Fantasy. Speaking of <laughs> of, of Final Fantasy crossover genre style things, we had a contest. Excellent segue. We announced we did. A, a contest on the last episode. We wanted to hear your ideas for a, a, another genre that a Final Fantasy game should have. And we got Man. entries. People really wanted to did. talk about this one. We got some really good entries. And I thank everyone for entering. All three of you. <laughs> yeah, we got three entries. But you know what? There were three amazing entries. So I'm going to th- th- start by shouting out to Rydarian. Uh, uh, to uh, Tib- Tibiot's Salts. Sorry if I slaughtered that. And to our friend Shake as well, who's in the chat. So let's start in no particular order. Let's go to um, let- let's go to uh, Tibiot's entry. Uh, he goes, hi guys, big fan of the pod. I don't often interact, but the discussion gave me an idea for a game. What about a Command and Conquer style game, except it's set in the world of Final Fantasy VIII? Instead of sending seeds off on missions, you just send the whole garden and then build a base around it. It could be set in the Sorceress Wars. That's an interesting idea. You yeah, know, you, I, I kind of actually like, like that, that a lot. You uh, could like because you don't necessarily have to have Squall and Company there. This is said uh, at a different point, mm-hmm. but you're taking this world, you're kind of expanding its backstory a little bit, like we did with some of the FF7 expansion stuff. Uh, we actually had a couple people both here and I've heard in other places talking about like RTSs as a genre to expand into, mm-hmm. which they could make up for what they did with Lord of Verminion. <laughs> we had to get this type zero, yeah. And Type Zero. Type Zero has that in there, but it's very clunky, and you can just say skip, and it just treats it as you won, which is not a good idea. Yeah, and, and you, you know, it, it could play like 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 Shake is saying in the in the chat. It could play a little bit like StarCraft potentially. Yeah, there's a lot of options for. It's going to play a lot like that. So it's going to play like that late '90s, early 2000s, like Total Annihilation. Um, Starcraft, Warcraft, some of those early styles of Command and Conquer top-down games. If it played like that, I'd definitely play that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Now, yeah. one thing I one thing I do like for this, if we're working with the Final Fantasy VIII setting, is there's always a okay. Well, you need factions because otherwise you're just playing the same thing for all of them. You've got three different gardens. Maybe you're all on the same side, but each one kind of has a different approach to things. We could see Trabia prior to being missiled. Poor selfie. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of potential there for exploring the FF8 world. Definitely. Um, they continue. Uh, my other idea was a business-style sim. It would work in a few Final Fantasy worlds, but take Seven in as an example. You start off as a small company, and you eventually gain power and notoriety through the point where you can drive Shinra out of business. Oof, good luck with that. Yeah, that one would be a little tougher, but I mean, it could be interesting. I mean... yeah. It, it, it almost seems like one of those. Uh, I can see it maybe as a as an idle style game. 
Yeah, maybe like a tycoon type thing. Mm-hmm. Where you, you have it yeah. on your phone, you let it run in the background, and then as you build up a little bit of capital, you reinvest and you and you turn on your uh, um, your multipliers so you get even more money. And <laughs> yeah, I feel like I having is like kind of a maybe it's that type of idle or like mobile game with maybe an FF skin on it, which adds some fun elements to well, it. I mean, they did it with Final Fantasy 15. It's true. They did. They had that uh, that uh, yeah. tower defense game. Which made a lot of fucking money, huh? I remember seeing There's ads a for lot it of fifteen fans. Yeah, no, it made a sh- it, yeah, it made more money 15 than fifteen did. It. Huh? It made over a billion dollars. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I missed that bit. Yeah, it was the, yeah, bro. It was it's one bad. of the most successful mobile games that that Square Enix has, has licensed. Huh? I think we've talked about it on the show even. I don't remember that element of it. I mean, if it did that well, then it can't just be that, okay, FF15 fans. Like, then there must have been a reasonably solid game behind that. Well, I think those style games it play really well in, in Southeast Asia. Mm. And that, I mean, and that is probably where the majority of uh, the downloads maybe came from. So, fair enough. There's a lot of mobile gaming in that area. Um, anyway, he uh, continues on in his email. Uh, Fun idea for discussion, though. I look forward to the pod. As a side, uh-huh. I'm a huge fan of the show. Listening to you guys dis- discuss the game's soundtracks reminds me of sitting down with my buddies when I was younger and just geeking out. You do an excellent job of making the show feel natural. Keep on being you. Kind regards, Tibiet Salts. Aw. Yeah, like the ones where we do just kind of sit back and shoot the shirt. Like, those are nice. Like if we're, like reading off of like I love you guys, but the patch notes ones I honestly don't enjoy those as much. They're so dry and it's, it's like not why much we're set. changing that They're now. Very rough. We're not. We're, okay, yeah. yeah. We've I yeah. think we've basically decided to not do that style anymore. Awesome. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's yep. much more fun to just have that banter to talk back and forth, like uh, talking about the music ones and the, all the memories they evoked and the stuff like that. Like. People seem to enjoy it, and quite frankly, I enjoyed making yep. it. We'll, we are yes. getting back to it. We we will be continuing on with Final Fantasy IX as soon as we run out of things to talk about. <laughs> oh, boy. That said, oh, my God. When we hit a dry like patch again, we'll do the fun. <laughs> well, no, there's just well, been so much this. to talk about with 14. Oh, we're fine. We got so, this. It, it's just, yeah. it, it's been a thing, so... Um, let's next that entry. Let's talk about Rydarian. All right. All right. So we'll start with this one. Hey dudes, I just got up to date with PDR podcasts. First time contributor. And thank you for that, by the way. Uh, my name is Rydarian Reinheld on the Genova server. And this is my pitch for a final fantasy spinoff. I'm an engineer at my day job, an auto factory Talis. Uh, and the, fr- the thing that <laughs> it, that is present in every game yet never really scratches my nerd itch is airships. I want a game where I get to build, fly, and fight with my own airship and build up a crew of Dissidia style Final Fantasy characters. I want to see the different SIDs all yelling at each other from their own ships like Daleks versus Cybermen about which ship is the best in an epic rap battle style uh, while Setzer is laughing his ass off on his floating casino. Or FF6 Sid. No one takes him seriously. <laughs> I want to get into the you complexities <laughs> of engines with Materia slots versus Magitek engines versus good old Mako power propellers. Let me dig into that stat numbers by upgrading 
Let me dig into those stat numbers by upgrading components and weapons versus weight and speed and maneuverability. So, lots of different things going into this. He, this one gets really in depth. So, I'll, I'm. Uh, can I read the next paragraph? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Cool. So, to start your game, you start as a captain of a small ship on the run from a larger airship power. Think of the Faster Than Light. It's a space-based, top-down, real-time strategy roguelike game with the country of Baron and the Red Wings after you. Eesh. And Sarah, you had a note on oh, the side here. Yeah. Uh, since I, a lot of our audience may not be familiar with roguelikes and roguelites, uh, I will absolutely talk about this in more detail after the show. But the idea is that you have like kind of a randomly generated dungeon that you are trying to delve down into. Uh, usually permadeath is an important aspect of it. Uh, you're trying to make your way through managed resources. Uh, the particular one uh, has it instead of dungeon levels, you have your ship with various stations, uh, enemies that may invade or... Uh, other ships that may be firing at you, and you have to make your way in FTL, you make your way through various star systems, trying to eventually take down a rebel force that's trying to destroy your empire. Gotcha. So, Fascinating game. Paragraph continues. Yeah, paragraph continues. You are focused on just getting from place to place with limited fuel, trying to scrounge parts and crew to upgrade your ship. You control your crew and focus on keeping your single ship in the air as the overwhelming power threatens to destroy you. You run into FF heroes and or villains, depending on your play style, who will help you out and join your crew for a while. That's kind of an interesting one. I know a lot of games say, have, like a have dug into, you know, the way you play the game determines, you know, whether you walk down the good path or the evil path. A lot of the Star Wars games are, are a bit dug into that. Fable on the mm -hmm. Xbox is a similar yep. one, but uh, yeah, that could be fun. Um, uh, eventually you find a group who takes you in, or do we want to keep reading through the rest of his, uh, his build out here? Let, let's read through it. He actually put a lot of time into it. And I think we should all share it with everybody. All right, then eventually you find a group who takes you in and now you can start controlling small fleets. You develop strategies for combat objectives like an RTS. Your airship is getting bigger and now has a few fighters you can deploy for some Star Wars squadron style in cockpit flight <laughs> missions. You can now develop AI right. paradigms for your crew to automate repairs and fighting like Pixel Starships where you, while you focus on strategy or dogfighting. You also learn why the Red Wings are chasing you. One of the key items powering your ship is a mystical MacGuffin and that they are part of an even larger world-scale plot. You Could finally be get Final famous Fantasy enough to start awesome. building your own city and airship factories. True. Save a cat, punch God. Uh, you finally get famous enough to start building your own city and airship factories. You send your retainer ships out to get materials and on missions. But you now find yourself caught in the middle of a full-on war between the Carlean Empire, who's using the Baron Red Wings, and the Arcadian Empire in an epic Dynasty Warriors-style air battle. <laughs> Those empires need the orb crystal moon power MacGuffin thing that you have just as much as they want to destroy each other. There are dreadnoughts dropping Ultima torpedoes at you from the sky and forts hurling Nethysite missiles at you from the ground, and you're just trying to get to Mount fucking North Doom Crater to kill chaos, <laughs> quote, with your MacGuffin. Throw in some super ship battles, a fun Mario Kart airship race, and maybe a diamond weapon or two for post-game. Cheers, PDR. Thanks for the consistent laughs, insight, and entertainment. Bro. You have just described my dream need for speed game. Like, that sounds <laughs> hey. like a blast. 
It's ambitious. There's a lot of really huge genre shifts, so I don't know how I'd feel about it as a single game, but like a collection of games, maybe like a franchise. Uh, we even discussed pre-show the idea of like, if anyone remembers the old Dreamcast VMU or other things like that, where you like you could do this much more easily with modern technology. Maybe you have like a mobile game where you do like airship building or like sending out airships, and then the stuff you get from that it gives things to your account that lets you uh, get little bonuses in the main game where you don't have to do it, but you can get little extra boosts if you are. Yeah, A lot of what he described in the last bit raise your reminds me of, of mm -hmm. a game called, uh, um, uh, it's based in the Warhammer 40k universe called Battlefleet Gothic. It's it was mm. it's a miniature uh, tabletop oh based game, yeah. but you can build out the, all these different little uh, um, armadas that you can use to fight against other people. You know, so I mean, it'd be kind of like a large-scale RTS in that aspect. But, I mean, yeah, that's be some really crazy shit you could you could get going there. Some epic-style um, battles going on there. Yeah, and I really did like like he made a really good point. Airship is like this really iconic part of the Final Fantasy games. It's a big deal when you get your airship. There's all sorts of different stuff, but like there's all this stuff about it where it's this really big thing in terms of like the narrative and the mythology. But in terms of the actual gameplay, it's a thing that moves you across the map faster. And maybe there's like a couple battles that are fought on it, but it's mostly just a fast transport. And so really expanding that, getting to delve into a lot of stuff, a lot of things that we imagine and dream about with that. It's like, okay, that's fun. I yes. like that. I would like to see um, a um, gummy uh, ship style building in this too. <laughs> like like they have in... Uh... Where you could actually pick and choose your parts, yep. slide them around, actually build something in the baby version of CAD and just slide all your parts together and make a ship. Yep. I mean, let me have a pre-made version, fun. please. Well, yeah, I don't you know start... that I oh, want yeah. to delve into no, that right get away. get a pre-made version. But did you ever play Kingdom you Hearts? You get a pre-made version yes. and then... Sorry. You get the pre-made, then you get an open slot for a second ship to build and then you just be like... Well, I don't have a second uh, blueprint, so I guess I'm going to start from scratch. And by the time you're done, your airship looks like garbage. It's all of your favorite parts stuck together, and it barely works. But it's fun, and you got to do it yourself. And it ends up being all really right, strong and blows shit up. <laughs> 18 guns and one short motor and a cockpit behind all the guns. That's what I flew. Exactly. Uh. Uh, yep, the last entry we have is from our friend Shake, Seven Deadly Streamers. Hi guys, this is Shake. When I think of game genres, I immediately think of all the different games my kids play. Sports or racing, puzzles or platformers, fighting, even strategy games. But I can already think of a number of Final Fantasy spinoffs and minigames that fit into these categories. So... When I, when I see my oldest daughter play Story of the Seasons last night, I immediately thought how cute a farm filled with chocobos would be. Now, I know 14 is planning on introducing farming and you can already get married, own a house, and even raise a chocobo, but I would love a Final Fantasy slash Harvest Moon style game where you can raise a chocobo chick that could eventually grow up to win the big race at the local Harvest Festival one day. Games like Rune Factory and Stardew Valley have already mixed RPG and farming sim elements. So I would still like to see dungeons filled with familiar monsters and a blacksmith where you can eventually craft an ultimate weapon, a aka Geralt. <laughs> that poor guy yeah, is... Geralt. Uh, 
I could go on There's and on. There's lots of Final Fantasy blacksmiths you could draw from. Yeah, but everybody knows he's talking about Geralt. That, that poor drunk bastard. I, uh, I could go on and on. Like, what if your character is a Vier and you marry a Ronso? What would the babies look like? <laughs> or what Oh, man. So many ERPers are ahead of you on that. <laughs> or what could you build? Different egg groups. They don't breed. <laughs> or what if you could build your own airship? See the other one up there. <laughs> uh, would the harvest sprites be Moogles? Upgrading your fishing rod enough to catch the dread grouper. And imagine all the mini games and festivals. Would the mayor of the town be named Sid? Yes. Okay, I'll stop now. <laughs> yes. I really enjoy listening to you guys ramble on about Final Fantasy. Keep up the great work. Your pal, Shake. Oh, I Thank like you. I started on Harvest Moon back in on the SNES. It's always occupied a special place in my heart. Fun fact, one of the other lore mongers uh, actually works as a localizer for Xseed, and she was heavily involved in the localization of the new Story of Seasons game, uh, Pioneers of All of Town. Uh, she mentioned a couple slight little things she slipped in as fun references to other games, so always a fun <laughs> thing there. Big uh, fishing! Yes, uh, she did, in fact, reference the big fishing, exploding brain meme that went around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Uh, but yeah, I, love, I know I love those secrets. Yeah. And like, there's been a bit of a shift, I feel like, especially extremely recently, away from like hyper realistic, gritty type games and towards stuff that's a lot more cozy. I mean, I think part of it just a reaction to dealing with a gritty really rough world having gaming experiences that kind of accentuate these little positive things these quiet tender modes and this is something that i feel like kind of really fits into that trend yeah. so it's especially enticing to me well, i mean look at the popularity of animal crossing over the last few months you know, you know <laughs> I, I just hate yeah. hey, basically you, you think of video video gaming in the COVID era and probably the number one game has been animal crossing <laughs> Dude, Animal Crossing is my number one hope of having and paying off a mortgage. <sighs> Just w watch out for when he decides to raise your rates. Damn okay, you, Tom yeah, Nook. Okay, yeah, but he's not charging interest on this. This is actually a fantastic deal. Yeah, so it's totally not realistic. <laughs> yeah, like, like the bad guy is less than most actual loan companies. But yeah, I mean, this is something that we're going to be getting a little bit of in Final Fantasy 14 in the next expansion, but I think, you know, a little light, you know, uh, Harvest Moon style game could be kind of fun and cute. Give it, me it, something to feel happy about. Yeah. So, I mean, again, <laughs> three very good, very passionate entries from you guys and i can't thank you enough for you know sending those off to us we really do appreciate it we we, we loved reading these things and we we had a, a pre-show meeting to, to discuss you know who we thought uh you know we which ones we really liked and you know what our thoughts on everything were so yeah like the fact that we got such different styles out of it and at, like the way everyone talked about it, I was like, okay, I can see this. There's that little bit of me that's like, hmm, how would this work from a design perspective? Can we really do this? Do we want to shift that? Like that was there, but there was also just this moment of just like thinking and dreaming about it that was really nice. I haven't had that kind of escape in a while. So yeah, thank we, you for that. We actually got into some of the, we, we went more in depth with some of these to figure out how would this work? 
So you Not know, even as just like, a, oh, we want to critique it, but this is an interesting idea. Let's explore that. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun. So thank you for all of that, guys. Really do appreciate it. But we en- mm. did end up picking a winner. Well, technically, you're all winners because everybody is going to win a prize off of this one. So thank you for your, your wonderful entries. Also, you're all winners in that smarmy sense that they use on, like, award shows. Yeah, but literally you're all winners as well, because everyone's going to get at least $25. But in another, more <laughs> real sense, Barney Gumble is the winner. <laughs> it's a Simpsons reference. Yeah. I, I was trying to do a bad Barney burp, but I couldn't. <laughs> anyway, we oh. all unanimously... <laughs> blah, 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 I can talk. We all unanimously picked... Rydarian's um, airship game idea because wow not only did he get so in depth with the with the ideas of it I agree an airship game would be amazing it would be so much fun to uh to, to run around and build your own airship and then uh you know fly it and fight against other uh airship companies so yeah congratulations it's- like I said, airship uh, airships have been this big iconic part. Like the airships have names; they're involved in all sorts of fun little sequences. Yeah, but it, like, w- it would be nice. So to- I came in and I s- go ahead. I saw it and went. This feels like a Need for Speed game. This feels like when you start with a shitty Miata and you start buying little parts to go as fast as you can, and eventually you have to upgrade, and then you have multiple cars and then your older cars turn into cars for specific things mm-hmm. and you're like well i need a car that can drift well your front wheel crew drive car can't do that you need another car the drifting engine is completely different than the open world engine which is different than the drag racing engine and you need different cars for all of them they all need different setups but your store works the same your customization works the same your paint jobs your liveries your sticker selections your team name it all works the same. You're just building towards different goals. And then you get to actually go out and achieve those goals in gameplay. And now I get to do that with an airship. And I go, okay, well, this one's Mako powered. This one has chocobos in wheels. This one has propellers. This one has an air bladder. This one doesn't. This one has a wind crystal powering it. This one doesn't. This one uses materia to augment nacelles. This one this doesn't one have has nacelles. so many propellers. You could see, I could see customizing the crap out of it mm-hmm. this one has so many propellers but from the car perspective i go well this one's rotary and this one's not and this one's a v8 and this one's a turbocharge and this one so now i'm seeing that but i get to translate all of it into airships and go yes i will happily build you multiple airships for supply runs speed runs um exploring long-term exploring uh delving into certain regions and then I get to argue with Setzer or one of the Sky Pirates from 12. Or I get to talk with Sid or a different Sid. Or, or, or I Sid. find a floater. And then I have to find the desert where the original airship was. And then raise that airship. Is it good? Who knows? Maybe it's a legendary find. Maybe it's only good for one thing. Maybe you can't customize it. Are they pixel based? Are they 3D generated? There's so many things that I was like, I want to play the crap out of this. So congratulations. Your game sounds rad. I can't make it for you. You should make it for me so I can play it. (laughs) Also, I just want to note, FF9 had like, okay, even more than I thought. It had like 
six or seven. Okay, wait, no. Including airships that you don't ride on, but are named ones uh, that are important to the plot. There's like 10 different airships here. Yeah, I mean, and you ride mm-hmm. on so many different styles of airships, you know, because, I mean, you go from, you know, the, the, the first one that you ride through the, the, the gate to, to get to... Uh, yeah, um, like the cargo airship, the various Hildegards, the theater ship. To, to the, to the freaking Invincible. Yeah. God, there's a lot of... Or or you look at, you know... You, Here's you, a special DLC piece where you have to build a theater ship and then you build a theater ship and you get some crazy reward out of it. And then you and you build a theater troupe and then you put on I Want to Be Your yeah. Canary. I, I like to think the theater ship is like the mini quest you do to unlock the theater game. Yeah, exactly. And then maybe you'll put on a uh, um, uh, um, Maria and Draco. I was like, gonna say, is, are we gonna? Is the theater game just gonna be Maria and Draco? Because I think it can be. Like Suikoden three. Yeah, seriously. I, think, uh, I don't know. Redarian, you kicked ass, dude. Good job. Yeah. yeah. Suikoden three had a mini game where you actually did find theater scripts around the world, and then you had cast various members of your army in roles for the plays. I put on a <laughs> damn fine version of Romeo and Juliet once, oh. and then a really messed up version of Romeo and Juliet. It was great. So we will be reaching out to all of you uh, to find out how you want to get your prizes. If you want them in, in a certain gift card, or if you want them in, you know, if you want stuff from the, the Mog Station or whatever, just let us know. Um, but like I said, uh, Shake and uh, uh, Tibiant, you're also going to be winning twenty five dollars. So congratulations! We really enjoyed uh, your uh, your entries. So thank you so much. Um, but with that, I mean that doesn't mean. That we're, you know, we, we don't want to still hear more ideas from you guys. We're just not going to pay you for them at this point. <laughs> um, we would really enjoy if, if anybody else has other thoughts now that they've heard some of these ideas. You know, what else would you want to hear to see for a Final Fantasy game in what genre? So, um, make I mean, sure heck, to come, come on the Discord server and discuss it with us. Absolutely. I need instruction from work. Yep, let me link the Discord server here. <sighs> Um, and, or you can email us again, podcast.com or you on Twitter at PHXDN radio, you know, all those locations are going to be great. We were going to be talking more about the final fantasy 14, 14 hour live stream. Um, but we're going to put that one off until next episode because we've spent, uh, two hours and 10 minutes talking about news and contests because yeah, at this rate, we'd have our own 14 hour broadcast. Exactly. Um, the one thing Maybe. that I, I am going to link, though, and I want to get this out there so everybody is aware of it. Mm-hmm. I want to link the benchmark trailer to start with um, because the benchmark is being released tomorrow for Endwalker. And the other thing we want to see from you guys, oh, we want to see your bunny boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know they're going to do it, Sarah. Come on. I'm aware. I am aware. I, I want to see your creations in the character creator of the of the uh, um, the benchmark. Also, share your scores. I, I'm interested to see what 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 your scores you're going to get. I really want to see what this rig is going to give me for a score. <laughs> but my my free company leader downloaded uh, the trailer in 1440p, and he's been watching it at one eighth speed over and over just to try to pull out every detail he can see from it. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff showing in there. Um, 
the one, I guess my only disappointment that I saw about this was I was not a fan of the Red Mage uh, AF for this. They bastardized the hat. That's my 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 gripe. Oh, the this. artifact armor looks weird for everything. Some of it's it looks really good. Though. Warriors look weird. The red mage looks. Weird. I like the warrior I, one though. That look is a. I think I, that was a nicely done uh, homage to the original uh, warrior. I, it's the fifth iteration of artifact gear. Like they they can, if you're going to have it be a carbon copy each time, you have to start exploring some different ground. No, I I get it. It's just that hat is hideous. It, it, it's 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 not nice. It, 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 it no 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 no. I refuse to accept it. Klaus is anti hat. <laughs> no, I love hats. It's just got to be the pimp hat. It's got to be the pimp hat. Yeah. You have to admit, I think the the, the best looking red mage hat came from Final Fantasy XI. That I will that give you. That hat broke so many link shells. Yeah, and it not not in not just the duelist hat either, you know, because that that was the one that you got through uh, um uh, doing all the dynamics. Even the original AF one was pretty freaking pimp. Yeah, the one I'm thinking about uh, was the relic one from Dynamis Sarkabar. Yep, which was that much harder to run than the others. I never and got wait, the draw breaks, or, or did I end up finally getting that one? No, I don't think I did. I got some duelist pieces, but I never got yeah that people one. got plenty of them. But the hat was always a sticking point. Yeah. That and assassin's armlets drop uh, broke up so many groups. Well, I mean, there's a reason why I chose it for my on my tattoo here. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Oh, treasure hunter plus one destroyed so many people. All right. Well, like I said, we had it's it's been an additional two weeks that since our what we normally have between shows, but I had fun with this one. This was good. Oh. But I think that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode, guys. If you like what you heard, please make sure to like, subscribe, or follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube or whatever your preferred podcatcher is, and if possible, leave us a rating or review. It helps us to know how we're doing, and it helps other people find our show. If you really dig the show, you can consider subscribing here at twitch.tv slash phoenixdownradio, where you'll get access to a number of uh, subscriber-only emotes and badges. Uh, and also, you can uh, go out to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash phoenixdownradio and support us like our benevolent overlord, Aurora Fenrir. Uh, all proceeds that we get go towards growing the show. It covers things like hosting costs, contests, and and uh, just allows us to uh, just uh, do a lot of uh, fun things and uh, improve technology. Good stuff. So yeah, we want to give back to you guys because you know to show you that we really appreciate all the support that you give to us. Um, you keep listening to us, and we don't understand why, but we're grateful. Well, no, people can't turn away from a train wreck, Sarah. You know this. It's so glorious. You know that there's going to be so many deaths. There might be body parts, but you have to watch. Okay, that, turned, out, that turned really dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where that came from, man. No, almost, That's like, uh, bruh. Almost shoutouts. <laughs> if, if, if you want to check out the backlog of all of Sarah's really dark rants, you can go to our website, phoenixstarradio.com. <laughs> Hey, that wasn't a rant. That was a reverie. Important difference. But it was still dark. Well, yes. Um, if Can't you, argue with that. If you want to uh, 
Contact us for some reason. Maybe find out, is Sarah okay? You can email us, podcast at phoenixstarradio.com. <laughs> or, or it's much faster if you, if you uh, tweet at PHXDN Radio. Sarah, are you okay? <laughs> Hashtag Sarah, are you okay is the keyword. And that's going to start. Giveaway. Let's, get that, let's get that trending on Twitter. Hashtag Sarah, are you okay? <laughs> oh my gosh. I do not need to explain to my friends why I'm trending on mental health things. Hey, uh, let, let, let's let, let, let's let's make let's make Sarah's mental health trend. <laughs> we love you, Sarah. <laughs> we love you, buddy. We're gonna <sighs> set you into darkness even harder. Excellent question anyway. mark. Now, shout outs. <laughs> oh, I'll start. First off, I'll shout out these two fuckers because what the hell? Oh, uh, uh, thanks for. God, I did not realize how much I'd miss this. This was nice. Yeah. Also, shout out to a batch of friends with whom uh, from the Hanabi server. Hanabi is a really cool game about making fireworks shows. It's awesome, and okay. I recommend it. But so, shout out to Mark, Ariana, Jules, and Jason. I'll really love to chat with you. Really love that you live nearby so we can hang out in person. I'm actually going out for Bobo with them tomorrow, which I am looking forward nice. to. Nice. We actually, our, our, oh. our, our, the Chinese restaurant here finally got uh, boba tea. It's, nice. granted, it's just the powdered stuff, but it still tastes really good. Yeah. I mean, start somewhere. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I, I've had really good boba tea, like uh, from other boba shops, like at the Mall of America and stuff like that. But yeah. the fact that I don't have to drive, you know, an hour, almost an hour and a half to get it, I'll take it. The squishy texture is just fun. Oh, God. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, you were you were yeah. saying. Anyways, yes. So shout out to them. Uh, and yeah, you can find me on social media at FF14SER. That's F-F-X-I-V-S-E-Y-R-R. Uh, random mix of stuff that I tweet. So no particular rhyme or reason to it, which of course you are definitely not all, at all used to when dealing with me. All right, Tal, is your up, buddy. one was sarcasm. Oh my god. <laughs> what sarcasm? Uh, Shoutouts to PyroCats for what the sarcasm? <laughs> Seven? Um, Shoutouts to PyroCats for being an awesome person who has uh, helped me out this week when I have been on the verge of death. My apologies to our podcast listeners who have been listening to my voice that sounds like I swallowed broken glass a few days ago. Uh, I've been coughing for a while. I'm good? Ish? Um... So thank you, Pyrocats, for helping me nurse my stupid ass back to health. Uh, Shoutouts to uh, friend Juji Tunes on uh, TikTok. She is a hilarious high schooler who's from Seattle, but her parents work at a Japanese company, so she gets to spend like two or three years at a time in Japan. So she spent wow. half of her childhood in Japan and half of it in Western Washington. And she taught me my new favorite Japanese idiom, which is Mimi no Tako ga Dekiru, which means... My ears are becoming calloused. It is in reference to things that are just awful to listen to that you don't want to listen to anymore. So, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mimi ni tako ga. Dekiru. Uh, you can find me <laughs> ranting about video games, food, and cars on Instagram or TikTok at Marvelous Tofu. I have green hair. It's not hard to spot me. That's true. I can vouch. 
And I, of course, want to shout out these two knuckleheads. It's been great getting back with you guys again after uh, two weeks off. And uh, jumping back into this, this has been very therapeutic. Yes. Uh, definitely needed this. Like I said, I, I did miss this uh, when I was up on vacation. Um, but needed that even more. Shout out to my family who let me hang out with them at the late cabin last week. That was an amazing time. Um, like I said, first, uh, somebody who is so attached to technology to basically have to give it up for a week. It was very uh, cathartic and it, I felt amazing afterwards. So except for you all don't the, really recognize how much it grinds at you. No, it does. I mean, just the fact that I didn't have it hanging over me, I was a little, little worried about things happening at work because of stuff that happened before I left. But like I said, I, I soon forgot about that and, uh, got into the relaxation but I have to say, fuck all those mosquitoes that were out there, because goddamn, Ooh. a lot of mosquitoes by a lake. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and sh shout out to the guys who entered our contest, uh, Shake and uh, I got. I'm sorry, I'm terrible with names. Tibiant and uh, Rydarian, thank you so much for uh, for submitting your entries. Like I said, it, I really, really smiled when i saw you guys uh, send in your entries and, and read through them and then passing them on to uh Talis and sarah and getting their reactions to them it's yeah, the reason... we had a great chat just before the show from that so that in and of itself was worth it exactly you know it's true so we want to keep doing that so you know when you guys ever we come up with something else we want to hear what you guys' entries are on those too so make sure to keep uh keep on following us so you can uh, get the the newest uh notifications on all of that stuff so thank you so much for everybody who's watching and listening right now if you want to follow me out on social media i am at uh at phxdn underscore k-l-a-u-s-s -S, uh where i have not posted a lot because well like i said i was in an area where i couldn't post for a while and then trying to catch up with all of that other crap that happened at work when i got back yeah kind of busy so <laughs> anyway um that for my co-hosts sarah timono for talas marvelous i am klaus Nightbringer, wishing everybody a wonderful evening thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you next one take care phoenix down radio is a production of phoenixdownradio.com and illusion productions final fantasy 14 and eorzea are trademarks of square enix in-game content for phoenix down radio is the copyright of square enix over the music for phoenix down radio is provided by guilty gear rocky Check out the Metal Chocobo theme cover and many other music videos at youtube.com slash guiltyrocky. Closing music for this episode is provided by GuitarWanker90. Please check out their full version of Matoya's Cave and other rock video game covers at youtube.com slash guitarwanker90. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of Phoenix Down Radio and its hosts and do not reflect the views of Square Enix.